Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fire. This is the Pyro Podcast, Episode 10 of the 2015 Offseason. This is Show 174, and today we got a good one. We're going to recount and go back and look at the NFL draft that happened this weekend in Chicago. And uh, we're going to go through the picks, talk about fantasy relevance, uh, who could end up having uh, good NFL careers, who could be the kind of people that you want to be drafting this year to help you win. Uh, As we know, rookies are doing things in fantasy football and the NFL these days. As usual, I'm here with Stag Party. I got Dog Manica across the way from me. Houdini is moving or something like that. Life-changing Life-changing moves. So he's not able to be here today. I'm D-Rex. We are Pyromaniac.com. And uh, we're fired up to talk about the draft. I mean, that was a wild one. A lot of, lot of, lot of good stuff happening. Uh, and it's exciting for our Bears. What a, you know, let's just have a little powwow on the overarching themes of the draft that you guys I liked. Mean, it was awesome, into. you know, just to be in our city, be in Chicago. Uh, you know, we went and we were right across the street and walked through draft town a little bit and saw the sights. Uh, you know, just cool being there, except if you had to work in the area. That sucked a little bit. But hey, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> you know, there, there, there was a... Not a lot of anticipation for those first couple of picks. I think everybody knew in the end yeah. it was going to go, you know, Winston, Mariota. Although there were a ton of, from what I hear, a ton of teams offering a lot to get up into those top two picks. Yeah, Philly apparently offered uh, King's Ransom to go up to number one yeah. and number two. I assume they made the same offer. But, uh, yeah, a King's Ransom. And they're like, no, nah, we're good. We're taking Jameis. Yeah, yeah which, which is interesting. I mean, they wanted their QB of the future. They got it. That's uh, that's who they're going to go with for the next however many years they decide to keep them around. Yeah. It's, uh, Hopefully, it's a while. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's interesting. You guys know my thoughts on on Winston. I, he's a, a decent prospect that I don't think is going to become anything special. But on the other hand, uh, you, you seem to think a lot more highly of him than I do, which is you know to teach their. We'll see how it happens. I mean, at this point, how many? Looking into the future, how many great quarterbacks are in the league right now after a couple of these guys retire, after the Breezes are gone, after the Tom Brady's are gone, after the Peyton Manning's gone? You know, and that's all coming up in the next couple of years here. So we're going to have, you know, Phillip Rivers is older, Eli Manning's older. Yeah. All these guys are a bit older, and the only, like, real solidified prospects, I guess you could say, are, uh, you know, Andrew Luck, of course, as a pure quarterback, and Russell Wilson as a playmaker. Yeah. And I mean, Rodgers got a little bit more left in the tank, but not much. But he's I mean, still 30. Say, he's yeah, still he's going to be out of the league in the next six, 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 seven years. No question. Yeah. And Jay Cutler. Oh. Cutler. Hopefully he's cut out of the league. Yeah, my buddy was saying, um, I was talking to him yesterday about the whole Cutler situation. He doesn't think that he's going to play more than five games next year. Not due to injury or anything, but he's just either the Bears are ready to completely turn it over. Everything is going out the window, and Cutler is going to be the first thing to go. He thinks he's going to maybe start the first five games for not winning at all, which that's a tough schedule for the, for the first few. Yeah. He's gone, and that, that's it for him. What, so you, Jimmy what does that mean? We cut him or you trade him? No, or? just bench him. That's it. He's just done. He's the, the highest-paid backup quarterback in the league by far. Well, it's not for lack of trying to get rid of him, though. <laughs> I mean, they offered him everywhere, and nobody wanted him. Yeah. I mean, so. Why did we want him a year ago? Why the hell did we want him? Oh, it's so one of the worst inflated, in history. Yeah, inflated numbers and a pass-happy offense. Yeah. Uh, when he was kept upright. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, you know, seeing what Josh McCown could do in that offense, I guess. You know, the culmination of those two things together, you know, inflated some value. Yeah, which is, I mean, I'm sorry. Once you saw what McCown could do in that offense, it should have rung bells off. Wait, this isn't Cutler at all. <laughs> this is the offense. Why are we paying this guy? Uh, total mistake. Anyway, let's get to the draft. Yeah, good times. Um, as you guys said, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a lot of people were trying to move in at the last second. They wanted their uh, their Winston. Uh, Winston took a post picture of uh, him and some crab legs that the team asked him to delete pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely loved it. Uh, getting Jameis and then him going through and getting some crab legs donated. I wonder if it was from that same store. <laughs> or if, if somebody just had that sense of humor to be like, here, Jameis, I got you this time, brother. <laughs> but then the next day he ends up you know, signing the contract. Uh, quick turnaround. I know it's slotted. But he also got like 1.2 million more guaranteed than any other player so far with this new slotting system. So it's usually 14 and a half mil. I think that's what Andrew Luck got a couple years ago, and he got uh, 15.7. Yeah. So you know he got a little bit of a bigger payday. So I think they believe in him, and I think that was one of their ways of saying, "Hey, you know, we believe in you, buddy." Yeah. And well, I mean, to be honest, I think them immediately telling him to take down that crab legs picture. Kind of showed, like, hey, we're, we're taking dominance of you. That you are our guy, but you got to show that you're our guy, and that uh, that just doesn't play here. We we want to commit to you for a long term. He did sign the contract, and you know we'll see what happens here. He's got a couple of still got a couple of really big, good receivers. One of them really young to throw to. So yeah, we'll see. Well, yeah, I mean, if he's a smart guy. He's got the he's got the twin towers over there. Did they draft what? And then you know what I liked about their draft after they started. I think two of their next three picks were offensive linemen. So they were like, all right, we got our guy. Now we got to protect this guy. Well, they were one of the most sacked teams in the league last year, whether yeah. that's uh, a product of quarterbacking, which probably a little bit played into it, or just a product of bad offensive line, which definitely played into it. But they should definitely be better this year. Uh, pieces look to be coming together a little bit, and they're going to have a full off season with uh, the guy they acquired from New England. Um so let's see if they can put the pieces together. You know, you got a big tight end in the middle, and you got a stable running backs who should at least be competent. Uh, they weren't last season, but things have got to improve in that mark. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, well, it does. I don't know. It is interesting that they didn't draft a wide receiver uh, to take the place of Vincent Jackson in the end. Uh, you know, Jackson. I don't know how much he has left in the tank. But they didn't draft him until, I think, the seventh round, and it wasn't, you know, much of something they were looking for for their future, you know, guy or anything like that. So, I don't know. He's going to—Winston's definitely going to have some bumps along the way here in the first year, possibly two or three years even. But if Tampa Bay continues along this path and they commit to him and they commit to, to, to changing uh, just the overall look of the franchise, um, he, could, he could have a really good fantasy future for sure, you know, especially with Evans there and— Eventually, they're going to get somebody to play across from them that's uh, more than just another six foot five jump up in the air, <laughs> get the ball type of guy. Yeah, I mean they could do something with a little slot receiver in the middle. Uh, you know, get open with quickness. They don't really have that type of guy right now. But hey, 
it seems like you can sort of find those guys around the league, uh, whether it's undrafted free agents or late-round draft picks. They, they seem to be able to uh, find slot receivers who are dependable, kind of slower but quick targets, and mm-hmm. who can get open over the middle. So I think that's a hole that shouldn't be too hard to fill. Uh, and, you know, you've got some players around them. I just hope that Lovey Smith hired the right coach this time, Yeah. Uh, hired the right offensive coordinator, because I... I don't know the last time he did. Uh, yeah, I mean, if he ever has, <laughs> I, I keep thinking back, and, and I'm sort of hurt by it. Like, how can you just? You had eight chances to hire an offensive coordinator, yeah. and you mucked it up every time. Every single time, it's it's unreal. Um, can't forget that they do have Austin Spearing Jenkins there. Oh yeah, which he's is, a big boy. You know, he, I mean, he could he'll take over that whole slot area anyway. So it's not so much that they need that, but. Uh, yeah, he's, he's got good things all the way around working for him, except for maybe Lovey as the coach. Yeah, and <laughs> in your dynasty league, if you're thinking, I need a quarterback, I'm definitely pushing Jameis over Marcus any day of the week. It, well, speaking of Marcus, I mean, moving on to that second yeah. pick, Tennessee, pick. Uh, t- taking, taking Marcus, and to be honest, I think they got pushed into it. Um, I don't think that they were thinking Mariota for quite a while, and I think they let all the talk and all the hype and all the media. trade rumors and, they media got and all that stuff. They got media up. <laughs> they did. And I think eventually they just, you know, I guess a, a certain trade. I don't know why they didn't take that trade that Philly was offering. That was a monster trade. They could have, I mean, they could have done a lot with that. And to be quite honest, Tennessee needed that. Yeah. You know, I mean, so Sam I, Bradford and Fletcher Cox and this year's first round yeah, pick I mean, and next Michael, year's uh, first round pick. Yeah. It might have been Michael financial Hendricks. with how much money uh, Bradford makes. Think about it. Mariota has only got to pay him $20 million over the next four years or something like that. And what's his name is going to make $20 million this year alone? Around there. I don't yeah. know how, how, how the you know the year-by-year year breaks down. But well, the guys guys, I, mean, did. Yeah, I mean, Bradford would have been gone anyway because he's not going to sign a long-term deal with Tennessee. That's for sure. Yeah, that's so important. it would have been one year that they were eating. Um, they still had Mettenberger, you know, to, to, to take over, which is what I thought they were committed to for a while there. And I mean, not that I think he's the next coming or anything, but I, th- he, I think he could be a decent, you know, decent middle type starter, you know, C plus maybe throughout his career or something like that. But the problem is that they don't have all hell, hell of a lot around them at this point. I mean, it doesn't even really matter. They have what safety? They still have kind of right. Darrell Green, Green Beckham has a chance to be good. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But I mean, to be honest, I, I mean, Harry Douglas is your third receiver. They've got so many receivers that are just like. Over the hill or not great, yeah. you know Justin Hunter. You know, remember that guy? He's gonna end up getting high with DGB a little too much, I think. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> those two guys combined. Nate, scare, wa- Nate Washington is scare, probably scare, the no, most. No, Nate Washington's gone. He's, he's not Houston. Yeah. Oh, okay. But, I mean, but so you got Kendall Wright and Harry Douglas and all these guys, uh, yeah, Nicks, right. and okay. and you're like, oh, it's just so bad. Like, don't own anybody on the Tennessee Titans. Like, it's just a black hole for fantasy value right now. Absolutely. And Marcus Mariota is not going to change that. I mean, he could provide you value as an owner because the man can run. And, sure. you know, behind that offensive line that got got a little better during the draft. Uh, and, you know, you got Taylor Luan who uh, progressed as a left tackle last season. Yep. So, you've got a makings of a defensive line. But things just don't seem to come together there, even with... You know, the offensive coordinator, head coach, Ken Wisenhut, genius, whatever he wants to call himself, the the whiz, whatever. But 
It just doesn't seem to come together in Tennessee. No, I, I haven't seen the pieces fit. Even though there's a lot of pieces that were good in other places and or have the potential to be good, like a Justin Hunter, a DGB, or you know a Kendall Wright, who I would love anywhere else besides Tennessee. Absolutely. I don't, he, that, that guy's been misused throughout his entire career, which is really a shame because he's one of the more uh, most explosive athletes in the entire league, to be honest. It's just never been used that way. It's always been used as a little slot receiver with a you know, five-yard passes in the middle of traffic. That's not the way you use that guy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they really, uh, I don't know. I, I think they needed that trade, and they didn't. They just, I think they got goaded into taking Mariota because of all the talk. But Do you, like think, said, do you think Mariota's a day-one starter? I think it's going to be a battle. I, I, I know the Wizard was saying that, hey, we'll, we'll Taylor make this offense we'll towards his. everything he needs. Yeah. <laughs> but I, it's going to be a battle. You know, because he hasn't played under center. Last year, he played most of his his uh, you know days out of the uh, shotgun. You know, and there, you know you just can't go into the NFL and pick up an NFL offense like that. It no. just doesn't happen that way. It's going to be a learning process for him, and it might take a while. It might take throughout the entire summer. There's going to be a big battle between him and Mettenberger because Mettenberger is NFL type ready. You know, he is a pocket passer, and he has a good arm. But, you know, he has no mobility. He doesn't uh, – he's very erratic. So, I mean, it's, it's he's hard to depend on. So, it's, it's it'll be an interesting battle to watch. That's well, for sure. Well, I was reading on Twitter that Mettenberger had asked for a trade when they made that pick. But then that was recanted, and he said, I actually didn't ask for a trade. So, that's good. When I heard that, I was like, really, Mettenberger? Come on. You're not – it's not like you're all that. Go in, compete, try and win yourself. The best way for you to really become the franchise quarterback, if so be it you think you are that – then go in and win it, you know. So, but he says that he didn't demand a trade. So I thought that was good to hear because petting your fur burger was on my bad side there for a little yeah, while. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the thing is that the, the media love it, absolutely love it when a pick like Mariota is made because it's who can be the first to throw out the rumor that Mettenberg is asking for a, a trade. Oh. Who's going to come to my site for all these hits for all this stuff? And that's exactly what that is. Yeah. Some of them were real. You know, the Zach Stacy. I don't blame him. You know, <laughs> I don't blame him for wanting to get the hell out of there. But uh, the Mettenberger thing, I, I can definitely say that's just a rumor thrown out there. And who can do it the quickest? That's a media, you know. So if you were if you were doing a dynasty league, you would pick Winston over Mariota. No, no, no questions. What about you? I would honestly. If somebody else, if Mariota was anywhere else, I think maybe I'd take Mariota, but I, I think I got to take Winston in this case. I mean, it's not like he ended up in Philly. If he ended up in Philly, I'm I'm recanting that statement. Yeah, I'm saying, I'm like, oh yeah, I'd take him number one overall of Dynasty. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's a no brainer. Like, but uh, yeah, I, I like Winston a little bit more over Mariota. I just don't trust the things I see in Tennessee. Yeah, and, that, and that, that's a problem. Even though I'm a fan of Winston, it's just just hasn't come together, and Tennessee as a team, as an organization, just hasn't seemed to come together, and that's the real scary part for me. Well, you called him the Wiz. Are you a fan of the Wiz, the movie with Michael Jackson and uh, Diana Ross? You ever oh, seen that? Absolutely. The remake, the remake of Wizard of Oz. Stag Party has no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, for, for a while, I thought you were talking about Shazam with Shaq. <laughs> it's about the same. It's about the same. Oh god. So the next pick, one I really, really love. We're not, we're not, we're 
to skip down. Yeah, to we're, 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 we're focusing on fantasy, fantasy guys because that's a lot players. more fun. Yes. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about Brandon Scherf because he screwed up my whole uh, my whole. I was on a, I was on a run for my mock to win some cash, floor. and then Scherf. Oh yeah, that was Scherf. A absolute right start. So, but right now we're talking to Mari Cooper in a spot I absolutely loved him. There was a big rumor before the draft. Hey, he's going to Jacksonville. 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 Everybody was saying Jacksonville. And, you know, it could have been the Jag smokescreen, whatever. But he ended up in a spot I find to be better. Uh, number one target on a pass-heavy offense. They throw it more than pretty much everybody, yep. whether that's because they're behind or because that's their offensive philosophy. And it's probably not going to change much. Their offensive line is not great at run blocking. Their running backs are, you know, adequate. They're the ones from last year, a year ago, are gone. And you know, you got Murray. That's it. Murray, we're, no, we're the Murray's a hard time staying healthy. Yeah, and that's true. The thing is that he's going to be the number one immediately, and that's most important to fantasy. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, he, here's the big question: and He's game ready. He's NFL ready. He's, he's NFL ready. Oh, yeah. He's ready. He's ready to go and, and and get the job done. Now, who knows? The team's going to be good enough to score points to make him a viable fantasy option. But last year. There's no question about it. Carr had as many touchdown passes as at Stafford. Yeah. And he threw it uh, 600, 600 plus times. Yeah, I mean, more, most than, shocked like, it. more <laughs> than almost every stud quarterback you can think of last year. He threw it more than them. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I think Cooper is going to do good, good, good things. I think he's pro- – if I'm ranking him today, right around wide receiver 25 for me. He's a guy I want as my wide receiver three. High upside – you know, the touchdowns, he's probably never going to be a consistent double-digit touchdown scorer. Could he do it a year or two? Sure. I definitely think so. But I think he's going to be a 7-8 touchdown guy. Uh, you know, pretty much a lock for 1,000 yards. Can he get 1,000 yards this season? We'll see. Is that, uh, there's there's too many mouths to feed when it comes to what those wide receivers. I, granted, I think he's going to be the best of the bunch. But you do have about five or six other guys that are, you know, Really good complementary receivers. Uh, a couple of them that they may even be trying to work along into into becoming his number two, you know, mm-hmm. the guy. So I don't know. It's the for year one. He's he's going to do well. It's just not going to be stud well like what you know Evans did last year, you know, or or Dell Beckham. You know, it's 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 going to be pretty good wide receiver three numbers if you ask me. Okay. I'm loving him as my wide receiver three. If I have him, I feel real good because I know every week he's probably going to get ten targets. Yeah, so, that's true. So you know you're going to get a consistent you know, flow of targets to the guy. And as a wide receiver three, it's hard to ask for much more. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Does he um, – who, who is the wide receiver two on that team? Crabtree right, right now probably. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, there's Crabtree, but, I mean, they love their streeter. Andre Holmes had a really good year last year. you got James Jones that is, is still there. Uh, Bryce Butler's always had some some decent talent. Kendrell Tompkins, I guess you could throw into the mix there too. But I mean, they have a lot of receivers that are worth throwing out there. And, and like, you know, they've got Michael Rivera. Michael Rivera exactly. And yeah, they just grabbed they, the, the, the from, second uh, tight end from Miami, Miami, Wolford. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Wol- Wolford, yeah. So you're thinking like, oh, a lot of mouths to feed. I just think he gets probably 120 targets this season. You know. Well, I think that's what James Jones had last season. Yeah. Whew. Remember looking at his numbers. Yikes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Plus, of course, they have Trent Richardson. Oh. I mean, that guy's going to get the yeah. ball 40 times a game, isn't he? <laughs> Just yeah. He's, he's going to catch it 40 he's, times yeah. a game, too. 
And then he'll and be out he of the league the, by eight, week eight. He gained a whole eight yards in this whole process. <laughs> <laughs> or he carries for eight yards. Do you think? Uh, do you think uh, Rio, uh, Jack Del Rio, can t- turn things around there from just a, a franchise and Raider Nation standpoint? Are they heading in the right direction, I, or are I they like, still a ways away? I think they're a ways away, but I think they're better now than they were two years ago. They, they, were, they used to be a laughing stock. You know, sort of like the you know Jags of yesteryear. I, I'm, the Jags are on their way up a little bit, but yeah, they were a laughing stock two to three seasons ago, and they're definitely trending upwards. I, I'm starting to get back on the Raider Nation. We're gonna start repping some silver and black here. I, I think one of the the best moves that they have made in in recent history. I mean, of course, the Raiders used to be as a you know well storied franchise that you know had some incredible years in the past, but the drafting of David Carr. Is I think that just pointed them in the exact right direction. A total class act. Which car? What did I say? No, you said, no, you said it right. You said Derek. Did I? You said David. Did I say David? <laughs> I said Derek. <laughs> De- Derek Carr. I, I, I think I, you said I don't Derek. Know, did I? I don't know. Uh, I, well, who? Play the tape. Play the tape. <laughs> it was, it, I was probably wrong. I, I do mix those up all the time. But I think that was the exact right call to go with. You know, they've had some recent struggles with, with quarterback play. Uh, you know, the whole. Of course, the Jamarcus Russell thing and, you know, the, uh, Carson Palmer and all that sort of stuff. They finally got a guy who's an absolute class act, who, who can control a team, who's quiet, who's reserved, but knows how to, uh, you know, control the huddle and control everybody around him. Uh, that, that was just a great, great call. And you're putting pieces around him at this point. You just need to keep going that way. And, yeah, I do. I, I like their future quite yeah. a bit. I do, too. I think that the, uh, I think Del Rio really brings it. He's a player's coach, but he's also a badass. And he's got that great balance of being friendly with the guys but motivating and being a tough guy, which is, uh, is something that really doesn't – the only guys that really have that. I mean, Arians kind of does that, but he's even really kind of more of just an, a, a likable, aloof kind of guy, and players do anything for him. But that balance of being able to, you know, punch your players in the balls and give them a hug right afterwards is, is it's an effective way. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get these guys fired up somehow. And the coaches that are all player coaches and Lovey Smith likes, they don't get the full maximum of, uh, potential out of their players most of the time. Yeah, and I just want to re- quickly reiterate. I, I know that Del Rio's just coming in this year, so obviously Carr wasn't his pick, yeah, or whatever. But he's going to become his guy real quick. The, I think those guys can get along really well. I agree. Hopefully, uh, Murray can stay healthy and. Do a lot like he did that first half in the, what was that, week nine or week ten last year. Um, All right, let's go to our guys, the Bears. Uh, We'll start with Stag Party, who hates this pick like he hates it, but loved the Mayweather fight. We'll talk about the Mayweather fight later. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, But, yeah, my boy. I think they're trying to knock my credibility right now. Is that what's going on here? (laughs) No, I'm just just starting to think you actually do watch Shazam on on Netflix. (laughs) I, I do, whenever I can see it. (laughs) We got two Shazam mentions. That's, that's not the way we usually get our NBA comments in. Um, but tell us what. Tell us your thoughts on it, and, and give a little bit of a shining light. It's something, some light at the end of the tunnel for what you think. And then, dog, I'm excited to hear what you uh, what you think uh, White will be doing for our Bears. Here's where I why I hated it. First off, I just thought we needed to go defense, defense, defense after allowing. You know, five yards of carry and, you know, just getting smoked in the run game for the last two or three seasons. But, you know, I think the Bears allowed two straight 50-point games last season. Yeah. Yeah. So, I was all just all defense. I wanted to trade back, acquire some picks. We only had six in the draft. 
So at that spot, I thought we could have gotten some good value by trading back and then eventually in a deep wide receiver class, getting a different type, getting a, you know, maybe a Devin Smith type. Uh, so that was my kind of preferred thing. But I wanted Danny Shelton. Personally, I I wanted the Haloti Nada in the middle to stop the run. And that's all I wanted in the draft. So in the second round, they made it up to me and they drafted Eddie Goldman. Uh, you know, Huge run stuffer. So, at that point, I didn't much care. It was a wash. So, I, we could have had Shelton and, say, a Devin Smith, or we could have had, you know, Kevin White and Eddie Goldman, which I find to be a better situation. And, and that's sort of, I just didn't like it to begin with, draft a wide receiver on a team that had, you know, two stud wide receivers and still sucked at football last year. Yeah. So, that, that was my only thing. They made it up to me in the second round. I'm not that mad anymore. When they drafted Eddie Goldman, I thought they uh, they got the guy that cuts the corned beef over at Kaufman's Bagels. <laughs> <laughs> like Eddie Goldman, hold on. Hey, I'm, hey, I'm not coming to practice today. <laughs> uh, nice. Um, all right, so going into the draft, I, I had the exact same thoughts as you. I'm like, if I, I was talking to another one of my buddies. And I was saying, if they go wide receiver, I'm done with the Bears. I'm just done with it. I, I just I can't stand that anymore. They've got to do the defense. But the fact of the matter is, is that Gase has a plan. They are going to completely obliterate this team that they had put together before and make it theirs. So they had to they're, – listen, they're going to build – there are so many different spots that they need a player at. You can't fill them all with one pick. As soon as Williams and Fowler were gone, in the third and sixth pick. It's a bummer that Williams didn't get to us. Oh. I was so bummed out. Holy cow. I Would mean, we have taken him if he did? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That, guy's, that guy's a number one draft pick in most any class. And how we didn't, I mean. Here's the thing. I love Leonard Williams because we, he was sitting there. He's like, I don't have an ID. Uh, I just ride around yeah. USC on my longboard. On my longboard. Yeah. How, how sick is that? Yeah, like, absolutely. Dude's a, a dude. monster like him. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but when he went to the Jets at six. Um, I thought to myself, you know what? There is. There's Shelton. I mean, that was a thought, but I wasn't as sure about him as I was a Williams. Or even a follow for that matter. You know, I think Beasley would have been a, a decent call there, too, but not, not really. So when they drafted Kevin White, which was my next sure thing, he is going to be a stud in the NFL. I guarantee it. That guy is going to be a stud in the NFL. I was like, okay. All right? They obviously have a plan here. I don't know if White was exactly their guy. I wonder if... White and Williams were available there if they would have taken Williams over White. I don't know, you know, who their guy was in the in the first place, but the Goldman pick was huge, absolutely huge. Um, my problem with Shelton is that the center that we ended up getting in the third round, the, everything I was reading about him, his his claim to fame is that he manhandled Shelton, manhandled. Him That's like he's a Romanian bodybuilder or something. <laughs> he's, he is just he's an animal. That guy is like a young, angry Hilgenberg. If you remember back, yeah. Just, I, I love seeing a guy like that in the middle. I'm, I'm psyched to have that guy, too. Um, but I, I just realized, you know what? The Bears are going to blow it up. They're going to blow everything up and rebuild it the way they want to rebuild. Granted, it, we're probably not going to be better for another three, four years. But I think if they had just you know, gone with a couple of uh, defensemen that wasn't going to fix their defense, getting Kevin White long-term, we're going to have that guy for you know, hopefully the next decade or so. And he is. That guy's a legit like top of the line stuff, and he will be for years to come. I'm psyched to watch him. Um, I'm psyched to see what the Bears have in, in store too. I think they, I think they actually had a really good draft. 
He's a blue collar guy. Kevin White is is not going to be a guy. He's not a flat. He even said himself one of these interviews. I retweeted it uh, two days ago. He's not. He's like, I'm not a flashy guy. He's like, check out this watch I'm wearing. He's like, I borrowed it from a friend. He's like, my earrings, I got them at Claire's. You know, he's like, he's doing, he's doing that whole thing where he's not going to come in and all of a sudden be buying, you know, the the, the, the AMG Mercedes and going around and being a hot shot all the time. I hope, you know, I hope. He, but he's a blue collar guy, which is exactly what we need here. A worker. We saw him at the combine. He didn't smile once. He was all business. He's going to go into that locker room. He's going to lead by example. And I think he's Des like. I mean, he's going to be like. He's gonna be. He's a smaller version of Dez, uh, or the same size Dez, smaller version of like a T.O. Yeah. What? Absolutely. Have you seen this guy's girlfriend? Is she hot? Smoke show. Oh my God. Really? Smoke show. No, I have not seen. Smoke show. White or black? White. White. Yeah, actually, it was a little, a little blonde. Yes. So like, yes. Whoo! I, uh, I did catch a, a quick glimpse. Yeah. Props to you, brother. Well done, Kevin. <laughs> We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll see you out in the Viagra Triangle. So what about for his uh, fantasy value this season? Uh, this season, I'll, I'll tell you, Cutler's going to get him the ball. Uh, he's going to have to because uh, this guy's a playmaker. You could throw it to this guy four yards and he'll go 40. You know, you could throw, you could throw him on a quick bubble screen and he can go the, the distance every time. Or you could send him deep, and I remember watching at the combine and, and, t- and talking to you guys. I'm like, this guy catches the ball over his head. Better than I've seen anyone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he, it was, he's that one, fun to that watch. That one uh, drill where they're like this. He was yeah. Like, dude, it was like literally like. Yeah. And over the shoulder. Yeah. So, over the shoulder gets, I mean, he is going to be fun to watch. He's definitely going to stretch the field a little bit. Jeffrey isn't the fastest guy, but when you got both of them on, on either side, they can't double. They, they can't shade or anything like that because one guy's going to beat you one way or the other. Um, they still have Bennett as disgruntled as he is. They still have Bennett to, to take over that middle. Um, I, I'm, I'm interested. I think he's going to have a pretty good year. It's a passing um, division, you know, so there's going to be a lot of points scored. Uh, if he takes over and does even three quarters, 80% of what a healthy Brandon Marshall did a couple of years ago, uh, you're psyched. You know, it's not the same offense. Granted. So how are you drafting him then? As a wide receiver four, as a wide receiver three? Uh, kind of what round do you think he's a value? Three, uh, three, four with upside. It's around the same type of thing uh, as a Cooper, to be honest. But I think, to be honest, I, he may have a tiny bit more upside than Cooper this year. This is a ser- serious passing division. There's going to be a lot of points scored. Um, not to, I mean, plus the Bears are going to be down. That defense is atrocious. Not as good as the Oakland defense, you know. Uh, so it's going. It's going to be tough for the Bears a little bit here. They still got a lot of defense to build, but they they made it. It's a lot easier to acquire defense in free agency than it is to acquire offense. So when you get that chance of that stud wide receiver, the stud running back, you take it. He I mean, we're going to be talking about next. That's what the Rams did. He was pretty much the number one guy on any every team's board at that at that pick. Where pretty he much. Went. He was pretty much the best talent left on the board. Yeah. And you see a lot more teams and a lot more coaches and, 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 and kind of franchises just taking that. You know what? We're taking, especially in, in the top end of the first round, you just got to take the best guy on the board. It might not work perfectly in what you're doing, but you got to – you got to do that. And then in the middle of the later rounds, you're taking maybe more of trying to fill in some positions. And in all honesty, you might be missing out on some better talent, but you got to fill your needs. No, yeah, absolutely. I wonder, I'm interested in how this affects Jeffrey. Well, they got the same agent. So I hope one thing, I hope this guy's not hanging out with Jeffrey at all. Because Jeffrey's a loafer, and if we pay him, he's going to get injured and suck. 
So I hope that he's not homies with uh, with Jeffrey. I hope he just goes and just does his thing. But I think what what's going to happen is Jeffrey's not going to get re-signed. He's going elsewhere. The, the new uh, regime here is going to find out that he's not really a hard worker. And he's going to go get big money in another place and kind of be the next, uh, what's that guy, Joey Porter. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. Wow. Uh, that's it. <laughs> I think at the end of the day, I like the targets he's going to get this year. I like him as a wide receiver three with upside. I think that's like literally the best way you could ever say, say that. Because he could be, you know what's going to happen after the first OTAs. Everyone's going to be wowing about this. This is the best player the Bears have had since Walter Payton. It's going to happen. Within the next two months, yeah. the town is going to be a buzz. The Kevin White's the best player of all time. And the next, uh, but, you know, it just happens. Yeah, everyone, the, yeah. the city's going to be blown. It just always happens. And it's true. And you know what? Maybe right. Yeah. <laughs> this kid is, is dynamic and fun. All right, Bears fans. All right. Let, uh, let's move on. Hey, we're fired up. Uh, <laughs> All right, next pick uh, was that. Well, not the next pick. But the next uh, special uh, position, offensive spot, was a shocker, but pretty sweet. Highest that a running back's gone in what three years? Yep. Todd Gurley to the Rams at number ten. I was out of Georgia. My jaw dropped when he went to the Rams. I was like, "What? Wait, what? It's like, what? Why? What? It's like there's so few running back two types that you just go and you take Trey Mason's spot." Thank you. Yeah. I, I hate know. you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Make my job so much more difficult trying to find running back twos. They are going to bring him along slow enough that your Mason will still be okay for the first half of the season. I, I think he might end up on the pup list. Is Yeah. They're, they're saying that they're just going to take it super easy. Like, he says he's ready in week one. They're going to take it. They're going to give him another month. Yeah. Like, they said, we're pumping the brakes on this guy. So, we're going to pump the brakes on his fantasy value a little bit. Even though the Rams <laughs> went out and they loaded up on offensive linemen after. Yes. And they loaded up on maulers. And then last year they drafted, what, Greg Robinson, who was an absolute yep. run-blocking monster. One yep. of the highest run-blocking rated you know, guys in college ever. They are going so, to give Gurley the opportunity to really be the hype, the next Adrian Peterson. They're, the they're, next Adrian Peterson, the next Marshawn Lynch in this division, yep. the next Frank Gore. You know, he once he's on the field, he's getting the ball twenty times a game. At least he is. Wow, is he fun to watch? By the way, so fun to watch. Watching, watching his highlight film is unquestionably better than anything you'll watch the entire day. Just go go check out his highlight film. It is it is a blast to watch, but. It's definitely. It was definitely a very interesting pick right there. Obviously, blew my mind too. No, I just. I did not see that coming. But smart. Yes. In that division. Really smart. Yeah. You need. You needed that in Nick that Foles? division. Are you kidding me? Oh yeah. Oh, goodness. <laughs> hand, I mean, hand it off, bro. <laughs> you weren't going to get somebody at that point right there that will make a bigger impact on that franchise. You know. Granted, he's got the injury concern to him, but from what everything I hear, he's coming along really good, really well, and. You got the debt to survive for a little while. Exactly. Um, you had the lug- you have the luxury of having the depth that uh, you're not going to be all that concerned. You already traded, you know, gotten your foals, uh, your wide receiving cores. You know, obviously a little iffy there, of course, a little suspect as is your tight ends. But you know, you got You have a good defense. They stocked up on offensive linemen. Um, they did well with offensive linemen in the past too. So, yeah, it's. I think it's a great call. I'm a big fan of it and. Eventually, you're right. 
the fantasies, you know, impact is not going to be large to start. But the end of the season, you're going to be. He is. If you ask me, he's franchise player number one for me. In oh, for dynasty or something? dynasty, yeah, Dyn- in dynasty league. You guys I'm saw agreeing. the video of him running like super fast on the treadmill, right? Yeah. So the guy's hauling that. He's running full speed right now. The season, what, five months away? So uh, the guy is 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 should be ready and ready to go. I agree with you. Pump the brakes. They're going to they're going to probably not have him start week one. Well, but the guy's league the- is already looking like it, 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 it can take a pounding. He's going in the fourth round in some you know mock drafts right now, which is a little scary to me. But hey, yeah, it, it's uh, like Gurley or Ingram, Gurley or Ingram, and you're sitting there like. Oh, I'm gonna take the upside. It is it, it's a tough call right now because he is gonna go because of his upside, because of what that kid can do uh, when he's on the field, he's gonna be going earlier in fantasy drafts than you may want him. So yeah. if you want him, you may have you, to You're gonna have him. to pay the price. You're gonna have to pay the price for him. You're, you're taking a chance and you may not actually get him. Uh, for you know, he may be on the PUP to start to to start the season. In which case, you won't get him until at least what's week seven. Week seven. So, but don't you think at four, if you did get him at four, and your your team was constructed in a way that you're saying, all right, this guy might not be crushing it for me for the first half of the season. If you get him at four, and he is the kind of player that we do think so, isn't that major value? Isn't that like the oh, best absolutely. running back too that you could that you could get around? Absolutely, that's what I'm saying. I don't think you. Eventually, I think as it goes on throughout the summer, I think you're not going to be able to get him at four. Yeah, you're going to, okay. you're four round, round four sounds great to me. Now, I agree with you. If you're getting into the 3 2 zone, a little rich for my blood. Yeah. But, and it will happen because he's so electrifying and people are excited about him. Mm-hmm. This is in general, running backs are taken in the first round. People get pumped up in fantasy about him. They're just, it's, there's not too many running backs. He's going to be the workhouse. Workhorse, you know, all the upside, all the all the positives that go through the fantasy mind are what happened to those first rounders. Uh, and I'm sure we'll be talking in the same regard about the you know the next running back that was, was taken. Yikes! <laughs> uh, oh, and Zach Stacy got himself traded just for that one tweet. <laughs> yeah. Hilarious! Did but, you hear about that? Uh, the Twitter account of uh, Zach Stacy right after the girly pick. Yikes! <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He took hilarious. it down. He took it down. But um, yeah, that's pretty freaking hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, I don't like it. Uh, he, lucky for him, he got traded. You know, he's they, they traded into the Jets on that's day it. three. So um, uh, that was an effective tweet, nonetheless. He's gonna have an opportunity there. Well, let's go to the next. Uh, Can we he, talk about Devonte Parker's yeah. mom? Yeah. <laughs> already back. I mean, doesn't Cleveland have it hard enough? They need, she's they she's need like, more I just people. know he didn't want to go to Cleveland. Yeah. He does not want to go to Cleveland anywhere but Cleveland. It's like, if you wouldn't have gone to Cleveland, yeah. I knew in my heart he wasn't going to Cleveland. I'm like, this is hilarious. Yeah, Lord. <laughs> like, oh, we're happy in Miami. We love the weather here. <laughs> hilarious. Like, oh, yeah, I love this. That, that That's a good story in itself. Seeing, but, uh, watch, looking at him in, in, his, uh, in his Dolphins jersey, Devontae. He does not look like a football player. He does not look like a football player to me. I know he's good. I've watched him play. I think he's. I think it was a great pick for the. You think he's skinny or what? I don't know. He does not look like a football player to me. Just he looked. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Um, but huge move for them. Obviously, they got rid of Mike Wallace in the offseason to the Vikings. I think we've all been a little skeptical that Landry, other than Houdini, who loves Landry, but I think you know, I don't know if Landry's going to be anything really more than. Uh, a, a big high volume catch guy, but short 
short distance and not many touchdowns. So it's a huge addition to be able to bring Tannehill, your first-round pick from, what, three years ago, a weapon finally. Finally give him a weapon, and I think uh, Devontae Parker, from fantasy standpoint, is going to be pretty awesome. Starting right away. Yeah, he, he definitely could be. I mean, you got, of course, Landry is a whole uh, high-volume guy. You still got Kenny Stills on the outside there. You did bring in the veteran Greg Jennings to be able to teach him a few things yeah. in there. This is a really good position for Parker. That's that's yeah. for sure. Um, plus, you know, I mean, you're in a division where you're going to have to face New England sometimes. Buffalo is just very tough across, you know, the middle with their with their defense. It's going to be tough running against them. It's always tough running against the Jets. Going to have to pass the ball a little bit. Parker's going to he's going to have the shots out there. That's for sure. And I mean, he's he's a big guy. He's definitely the biggest receiver they have. It's you know six three. Uh, the other guys, I think, are all five eleven. He doesn't play it. He's not. No, but he's, he's, he's at least got some height that yeah. is needed. Oh, he can he can get up and attack that ball though. For sure, absolutely. There is. He's. If you're watching somebody's highlight tape, Devontae Parker's is very very good. Yeah. He outmuscles like defenders, and he's smooth. He's a smooth, smooth, rangy yeah. athlete, and you don't expect him to be a leaper. And then suddenly he has the ball, and you don't. Yeah. So. I like Devontae Parker. I just don't like him nearly as much as we're talking about the Kevin Whites and the Amari Agreed. Coopers in fantasy. I think he's uh, a tier or two below them this season. Agreed. I think he's you know more of a wide receiver, 40 to 45 right now. When I put him in my tiers, he's going to be right there. You know, Of course, rookie wide receiver with more upside, so he'll probably end up at the top of a tier. Uh, that'll consist of a bunch of other bums you don't want to take anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with, and I'm definitely with you on that. I mean, they, it, the fact that, man, is that Landry really is, like, uh, he's a high-volume guy, and he already has a rapport with, with Tannehill, and it's going to be tough to, you know, steal away targets from that yeah. that situation. you still got Lamar Miller there. They, we'll talk about the other guy they drafted for, you know, as a running back there as, as well. Um, but it's, it's definitely uh, – it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to get the high volume catches, but I think he's also gonna be a good red zone guy, you know. So he could get you some touchdowns there. You're right; he's a tier or two below for sure. You know who you're imagining of a little bit coming out of uh, um, school. I, I don't know why this is. He's, yeah, I think he's a bit faster, but yeah, the boy from your school, uh, Michigan State, uh, uh, Burris. Kind of reminds me of Plexico Burris. Burris, yeah. He was well, a little taller. I think Plexico's Plexico more like 6'5", six, 6'6". Five, six, six. Yeah. But he's got that kind of fluid, smooth, smooth running. Fluid, where that, 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 that ball. Yeah, that, that kind of post pattern where no one's – he's five yards off you, but he just has that cut and it's there. And he's, He just kind of reminds me it's a little bit when I watch him of Plexico. Yeah, so three-inch difference, but besides the three inches, you're right. I, I actually like that call. I didn't really think about that. Yeah, I was – Tell my girlfriend the three inches don't matter either. Which is why he's single again. Shots fired. Now you're shot and shooting the blanks. Leisure. I hope Parker's got the heart. I hope he's got the work ethic. Um, I know he's got the talent. Um, you know he's got the natural uh, ability, but. That's not what it takes to become a success in the NFL. That's just not – got to work your butt off. And I hope he's going to the, down to Miami and learning from guys, like you said, like Jennings and, and can really become acclimated and become a part of the team. But if I was to think that there was a player that could get lost and caught up in all the Miami-ness down there, um, it's him. I, I think there's just a possibility that while I like, yeah. it, while I like him and, and his chances – that's got to come with a lot of hard work from him. So hopefully he's up to the task. Not that I would say that anybody would be better off going to Cleveland. 
Sure. And if there's, a, I mean, if there's a guy who might have been better off going somewhere else without a lot of commotion, yeah, maybe. I agree with that. Well, I he, mean, he could just jump on a just plane. Just because of the target volume. Yeah. You yeah. Know. You know, target volume. I would have liked him a lot more in Cleveland, but it yeah. is what it is. Next, uh, next guy. Yeah, yeah, we'll keep moving on. Next guy, top fifteen, another running back going up. That's exciting. I mean, if you guys I was surprised this, by this trade. The trade up. I, yeah, I, I didn't think either of the two teams were going to take him. No, me so neither. you know, there was rumors about San Francisco taking Gurley, but only if it was Gurley, and that was it. Yeah, they said we we if we're going to take a running back, we'll be Todd Gurley, and they didn't really make a mention of Melvin Gordon. So then, hey. They somehow convinced the 49ers that they needed to move up, and San Diego moves up two spots to grab Melvin Gordon. You know, people people love Melvin Gordon. People. That means. No. <laughs> I like him a little bit. I just don't love him. Like, people say, Jamal Charles, Jamal Charles. I'm like, where's Jamal Charles? He does. He did set an NCAA career record uh, for the highest yards per carry with over, like, 400 carries or something like that. Yeah. So that that's pretty sweet, seven point nine. But maybe it's just because I don't love the offensive line, you know, in San Diego. Even though it's better than people think. I love this pick. I mean, have you seen this guy's body? This yeah, guy's yeah. bice. This guy's got the the body to take the rigors of NFL pounding. I think I read or saw that he was also stuffed um, at the line or for a loss more than anybody else as well. That I mean, he does crazy. have the big playability, that's for sure. And he went to a great landing spot for him. I mean, he's going to be, day one, you're going to get the bulk of carries, no matter what. I mean, yeah. They're tempering expectations with him, but I think that's a lot of coach speak right now. They say, we expect him to be a three-down back, but he's going to have to compete with Woodhead and, you know, Donald Brown and Brandon Oliver. So they're talking about competition. So he's not having to compete with anybody. That's what you're saying. That is, that is about the weakest reason I've ever heard of competition. <laughs> you win on name alone with that. Brandon Holifer. I mean, and that's the guy that they were thinking about taking, you know, the first and second down plays. Come on. This guy, this guy is going to go in and win it in week one. We've started a training job. He's been handed the keys. So his fantasy value. Is it higher than Todd Gurley's? Um, for me, absolutely. This year, I'm not talking about a dynasty and something that you're picking for the next, you know, however many years or whatnot. But for me, absolutely. This guy starting day one, it, I think this team, it's, it's the one component that they've been looking for ever since LT hit a wall friggin' seven years ago. Um, he's going to get every opportunity. You said earlier in the show, Rivers is getting older. Gates have... Jesus, that guy's so old, it's crazy. They're just, they, they're going to come in, and the new young kid has got, is going to get every opportunity to shine. I think uh, I think from a fantasy standpoint, I think he's better than Gurley right now, situationally and because he's not coming off an, uh, a knee injury. Um, and I just think, you know what I like about him? He's a competitor. It was kind of weird to see a lot of commercials this year, even with uh, Mariota and him. He's already in like four different commercials, Melvin Gordon. Yeah. There was a commercial about him getting taken in the first round, uh, uh, like a speed stick commercial. It's like, running backs, don't get taken. That was a ballsy That was a ballsy call on that yeah. commercial. What if he goes in the second round? Like, oh, can't, can't play that commercial. But <laughs> in fact, give us our money back. Yeah. <laughs> you look at him, thing I like, at the combine, um, 
He was willing to do all the challenges. He took, you know, you look at him, we got this list of what all these players, he did everyone. Other players like, oh, you know, or the, the 60 uh, shuttle, I'm not going to do that one. That doesn't sit, that doesn't work to my skills. Out of the top, top guys, the only other dude that was willing to do that was uh, Amir Abdullah. And I like that, you know, it's like he's not afraid to show anything. He's a competitor, goes out there, not trying to uh, do any smoke and mirrors and Again, yesterday when I saw him down, the, he, called, he called one of the draft picks for San Diego on day three. And uh, holy crap, this dude is stacked. I mean, yeah. he, those biceps, that muscle, sure. he is a big mother of effing dude. Uh, and it, it's just, it looks like he's going to be able to get it done at this level. I, I, I agree. I think he will be able to get it done. He is in a good position there. The Chargers do want to run. I'll tell you that right now. I mean, that's... What they were doing just a couple of years ago with Woodhead and Matthews and all that, that was that was impressive. Going down that stretch in the last seven, eight games, um, I, I remember it was the way that they controlled the Broncos and beat them that game was the, the running game. And out of that game came this whole running scheme that they used for the whole rest of the season. I think they won like seven of the last eight games, went into the playoffs rolling. If they put this guy in that position, keep Woodhead where he was, uh, hopefully he's back from his injury and able to you know, continue to do what he was doing uh, prior to the injury. Um, but if you put him in that Ryan Matthews role right there, there's, there's absolutely no reason why he won't be able to score at least, you know, at least seven, eight touchdowns and put up, a, you know, at least a thousand yards. It's not, it's not a guarantee. It's a rookie running back. Rookie running backs don't very often do that, but he's in a very great position to do it. Would I take him or Gurley? It depends on where Gurley is. Dynasty wise, I still take a girl, but for this year and this year, you're alone, a girly man. <laughs> you got them all today, people. <laughs> um, you know, of Dynasty, I still take a girly, but I think for this year, you have to wait and see where girly is come July, August, and then figure it out from there. If they're saying girly's going to hit the ground running, we're going to start in week one. It's a girly. Uh, that guy's just an, an animal, an absolute animal, and he is going to be one of the best you think of all time if he stays healthy. Melvin Gordon or Mark Ingram? Um, I'm I, going Melvin Gordon. I, I think, I, I'll, I'll be honest, it's close. Ingram has a lot of potential, but I've never really truly liked him, and he <laughs> is soft. Yeah, That guy is going to get injured, and he I can almost guarantee you that. Uh, I had him on all my teams last year. Even when he was getting it done in the first four games, and then he came back, what, like week 10 or something, and started getting it done. These were not big games. They were like a touchdown. It was like he was scoring your points. But if he's right now moving into that running back two slot for, you know, if you want him, you're, you want, he's going to be your second running back pretty much, right? Unless you're doing that, just picking three running backs in the first three rounds. Uh he, it's 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 just those points. Those games are very underwhelming. It's like that Manny Pacquiao Mayweather fight. Yeah, I remember him having a couple of, of big games the year before. We had like two, 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 three touchdowns, I think, in a yeah. game or something like that. But you're right. Um, it it is hard to predict with him. It is hard to predict with exactly what the Saints are going to do. Sometimes from game to game. At this point, they've said they were going to switch to like a pure running attack, and I didn't quite see that. And I don't know what we're going to actually see this year either. Um, but Spiller, it's, it's, Spiller's the best competition behind that absolutely. guy that he's ever had in his career. Lamar so Miller worrisome. or Melvin Gordon? At this point, I, th- I think I take Melvin Gordon it's just because of I, the competition that Miller just got. Yeah, okay. I agree. Forsett 
or Melvin Gordon? It's it's interesting because looking at what Forsett did last year, extremely impressive. Um, and Baltimore, they're going to be running a lot again. Um, but he's, I don't, I wonder if he's a one year hit. You know, he's thirty now. Yeah. So I, I think I would maybe go with a Gordon there. I love the, the position that Gordon is in. To so we're talking about huge. running back yeah. thirteen to fourteen is what we're talking about. It's real it, close. It's right there. Yeah. Opportunity breeds success, man. So he's going to get the opportunities. Dog. I just don't want to get shows. Bishop Sankey. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. You will but not get I've Sankey. Seen, I mean, you've seen Gordon. He's a goal. Play. Yeah. He's a goal line back for sure. So even 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 that way, he could get ten touchdowns. Even if he's not putting up big yard games. That is true. He, he's he's the back on that team that is most likely to score. Yes. Because Don Brown is a bum. Yeah. And then Brandon Oliver's a smaller tight back. And Danny Woodhead's probably the smallest running back I've ever seen. He is the smallest <laughs> running back you've ever seen. That's for sure. Um, big heart. Big heart. But I, I, don't, I don't know. There's not, not a whole, whole lot else to, state, to say here. We love his potential. He's definitely in a great spot. Uh, to succeed, and yes, he—I mean, he is a beast. You look at him; it's, didn't he have the didn't he have a four hundred yard game this year? Yeah, it was like his record was broken real quick. The yeah, it wasn't it the next week? Who, did, who broke it again? I have no idea. I can't remember either. Oh, it was the guy on the—it was the guy on the Oklahoma number eight. Uh, oh yes, uh, what's his? He—he he went in the draft as well. Um, I thought he was younger. Was he younger? No, uh, he might have been younger. Yeah, um, but that's funny. That was yeah. a huge, huge. Huge uh, r- uh, record, and then next week, no longer. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about the next uh, the next guy. That's pretty amazing, though. The way you put it into perspective, last thing on Gordon, is we're talking right now that both these guys that were taken are not Samaji top Samaji Perini. Yeah. That does not sound like a running okay. back's name. But <laughs> both, these, both these guys yeah. both these guys are top 15 running backs right now. Gurley and a Gordon. Uh, if, if, if we're basically just... Feeling that—that's pretty impressive. That shows you. That shows you. You know, wow. Either that—that that position needs some help. Um, it, does. it does. Well, I mean, and that's just, why I was mad about the girly pick. It's like stop messing with Trey Mason. Yeah. <laughs> stop I mean, messing with the clear running back too. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, that's true. It, it did take Mason out of the talk for sure. There, come on. Let's be honest. You guys saw Mason play. He had some great games, some good moments. But dude, this guy—he was not going to be the answer as a franchise back. It just—he wasn't a franchise it wasn't. back. He was too small, a little small, too small. I, I mean, like I said, though, when you get the opportunity to draft possibly the next Adrian Peterson, you do it. Yeah. And uh, you know, in some regards, I guess you could say, oh, I can't believe he lasted that long. Yeah. But then again, I mean, of course, with the injury. What do you do when you get the opportunity to draft Nelson Aguilar? You do it. I guess you do it. <laughs> Chip Kelly did it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but isn't that the situation? I'm gonna let you guys talk this through because you guys know so much more about the Eagles and all the Chip Kelly, uh, you know, tendencies and whatnot. But doesn't that seem like a situation for him for Nelson? It's just like, isn't that too many miles to feed over there? Is he really? He's not a huge guy. He's kind of bold in size. I do not with your with your size matters for the wide rookie wide receivers. I just I think he's gonna be fool's gold this year. Who, Aguilar? Yeah. Yeah, you know what? It's just your... Like, I... You have, you have pieces there. Granted, listen, you wanted to get rid of Riley Cooper as even the remote thought of starting for you again. So, I mean, they, they needed something there for sure, and he's going to get in there. It's high volume. You're definitely going to get some points out of him this year, fantasy-wise. That's for sure. 
Um, but it just seems like Kelly is just overkill on his offense. I just, I, I, lo I love him. I love what he does for fantasy. It's great, and it's great to see. All right, he threw another fantasy chip, in, you know, in the mix. You know, no pun intended, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't think of that way. But um, it's just like, all right, we get it. You love offense. Do something else here. Come on, buddy. Like, I, wasn't that a surprise I, pick? I thought their draft was good because. They went out and pretty much every other pick was defense. Yeah, that's true. But the so, number one, you couldn't. I mean, I didn't really love anybody that they had as an option there for them, for the fit. I like Nelson Aguilar there. I think they're going to use him. They already stated that he could play inside or out. Yeah. So he's going to be involved in the offense. I think he's probably the wide receiver two on that team right now. Well, I've heard that they are going to throw him in the outside and. Put Matthews more on the inside. If they were talking about Matthews splitting time with the outside and inside, I think with getting this, this guy, changes that. This yeah. cha I think this changed a little bit. They'll probably stick with Matthews, which is just, it looks like a sweet spot for him being on that in that slot position. Yeah. Um, I mean, Aguilar could do it as well, but he, I think he's going to be outside. But Aguilar is going to be the Z, the field the Z, yeah. stretcher, exactly. which is all you want. And this guy, decent speed. But he's more of one of those smooth runners that doesn't look like he's running very fast. But then suddenly he's behind the DB catching touchdowns. It's true. And he can catch a lot of passes. He can do a lot of different things as a wide receiver. And Chip Kelly likes to use guys. And he recruited Aguilar out of high school, so he knows all about it. True. He, you know, this whole Pac-12 thing is getting a little ridiculous. But, hey, it's working. Pac-12, I think, had the most... Drafted guys of any team, and they're one of the worst conferences when it comes to you know the playoffs. But uh, that that's a totally different story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I love an Aguilar's you know fantasy potential. I I'm, I like it more than Devontae Parker this year. I think Chip Kelly has some control issues. If, yeah. I know Chip Kelly has some control <laughs> issues. Wow, I mean this guy is loyal to a fault to himself. <laughs> I mean who he loves is who he loves. Who he goes out and gets is who he goes out and gets. He, I mean, he remembers this guy. He loved him so much from high school that I don't even care. This guy could have never played a college down a ball, a ball in, in college at all, and he still would have gone up and drafted him. I mean, that's uh, he loves who he loves, and I mean, I guess more power to him in certain respects that way. But I don't know. It's almost to a fault his loyalty. Well, I, the one thing that you look at for me is uh, this guy. Let's just quickly go back to Kevin White and the bench. He did twenty three. 23 on the bench, Kevin White. This guy did 12. He's a small guy. He's 190 pounds. It's weak. Weak. Yeah. It's, I mean, it is pretty weak. But I don't know. Wide not... receivers are all weak. Yeah. I mean, you, you have the bigger, stronger guys, of course. And, yeah, Kevin White was one of them. Uh, Sammy Coates, Coates, of course, which we'll talk which about. Makes a lot of sense. That guy looks like a bodybuilder. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's smaller. It's, it, they're not expected to be monsters unless you were built as a monster, they're not expected to be monsters. Do they take this? I think I was surprised that he went this high. Uh, I thought he, he sounded like he was sneaking into the first round. But um, did they? Do they take, make this pick with him without the accuracy um, that they have now in Bradford at the quarterback? Because this guy's a proven route runner. He comes in and out of his breaks, great. Do they take him if it's still if they've still got Foles throwing the ball? Uh, is that still their pick there? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. And they the thing is is that. Knowing Chip Kelly, there was just, he obviously has in his mind, he had no intention whatsoever of keeping Foles around. None. And probably not wanting Macklin to resign. Yeah. 
He probably was like, Macklin, go take your money. I got I got two guys that I recruited back in the day in Oregon that will be just fine for me in that first round. So yeah, I I, I, I helped you earn your money. Go get your money. Yeah. It's perfectly fine. I'm sure he's, he's friends with them. I'm sure he likes them. Well. Oh, yeah. But the Eagles weren't going to pay that when they knew, when Chip knew, that he could put whoever he wants at that position to make them succeed. And, and, they, and he will. And that's the thing. He said, that Z spot in that offense, you're... You're it's, getting it. it's fantasy gold. It's care. fantasy gold, absolutely. So, which is which is why it's a little bit too bad for Jordan Matthews, because Jordan Matthews was going to have a monster, monster year. I still think he's going to have a really good year, an awesome year, to be quite honest. More, I think he'll get more PPR. Yeah, more PPR love this season, and you know, Aguilar is going to get the big play. He could average close to twenty yards catch. Yeah, that's true. That's I mean, what, true. what were what were Al, um. What were Nelson's stats like at USC? I mean, he huge. Cut, he had big numbers last year. Because remember, two years ago and three years ago, Marquise Lee had some of the best numbers you ever see. So what? What, what? USC hasn't produced a thousand-yard receiving season outside of Keyshawn Johnson being drafted number one overall. They've done it once. And anybody remember who that was? USC. First round wide receiver from USC to produce a thousand yard season. Be, be, between not ninety five and now, yes. no. um, I think you... Mike Williams never had a thousand yard season. Interesting. Who um, is it? Oh, Steve Smith. Steve Smith. The other Steve wow, Smith. The other Steve Smith. Interesting. Wow. <laughs> I would not have guessed that. You're right. It's oh. an it's it's an interesting stat. I think over the last two seasons, Nelson Aguilar has something like. 178 catches for 2,300 yeah. yards, give or take, and like 18 touchdowns. And that's just spitball off the top uh, of that. 104 receptions, 1,313 yards, 12 touchdowns. Last year? Or? Yeah. What yeah. was, what, what was 13? the last? Uh, 1,300 1313 yards, 12 touchdowns. That's. Do you like him more as a slot receiver or an outside receiver? Because of that. It, it, he played it, outside, he played in the slot. I like both. Is he the return guy for this yes. team? He could do both. Yeah. The thing is, I don't know if they're going to take Josh Huff out of the return role. I think they like him there. Uh, so, we'll see. He could be their punt returner. He could be their kick returner. And then Huff could be the other. I think he'll have some return value. Because he is an explosive punt returner. He will have return value. Absolutely. Um, they're saying that. I mean, even in in that Eagles offense, I mean, there's so many different moving parts. They're saying he could even work on the backfield a little bit. He's, he's that versatile. Yeah, I mean, he is. He's a versatile guy. You could throw him anywhere. Um, and, I mean, he's definitely he has explosive uh, capabilities, especially in the return area. But being in that Eagles offense, they really can't throw him anywhere, which is a, why it is a very valuable pick for Chip and for the Eagles and for fantasy guys. <laughs> oh, I love fantasy guys. <laughs> is, is Riley Cooper going to be on the team this year? Yeah, he'll, he'll be there. He just, well, he just won't be playing. He'll <laughs> <laughs> just be the tall white guy at the sideline. Yeah. With long hair. We'll have plenty of time to go to David Chesney or what's that Chesney concert? Kenny Chesney. Kenny Chesney. Um, <laughs> you know who loves Kenny Chesney? Rashad Perrigan. Yeah. I, that, that's a lie. Segways. Segways. Well done. Well done. Well done. We're working on them. <laughs> Number 26, Baltimore Ravens, after two weeks of Joe Flacco saying, we're set a wide receiver. We don't need wide receivers. We're good there. We're good there. What'd they do? Come, they are you kidding me? Kamar Aiken? <laughs> Marlon Brown? Yeah. But he was saying it. He's like, I feel like we're fine. We're good to go. He, needs to then, keep, you know, he wants to keep the egos okay with those guys. I mean, if he was, 
you know how bad that hurts your ego when you're, you know, Kamar Aiken, you're, you're like, okay, I got my chance. I'm going to be a starter. Yeah, our receivers suck. <laughs> We're going to go get one right now. Especially, when, his you're career's over. Especially <laughs> when you're making all the money. There's probably yeah. some sort of inner guilt. You're like, yeah, we're great, we're great. The team's awesome. I make a third of the whole the whole cap. Uh, so you you gotta say that if you're saying people suck, like uh, we're gonna need some of that money back. Uh, <laughs> but actually, they are saying that he is gonna re- they're gonna re uh, they're gonna redo his deal this summer. So, Rashad Perryman, Torrey Smith, two point. <laughs> yeah, much he, bigger. He basically but is. doesn't play that way. He's bigger. He's you know, Torrey Smith six two. Yeah, Torrey Smith is bigger. Thicker, than fine, thicker. He's, yeah, he, he, the thing is, Hills' pads better. He, I, I don't want to see he's going to be fancy gold, but he is going to put up numbers. And this is a Tressman offense now. Mm-hmm. That's what you got to understand. This isn't the old Baltimore regime. This is a Tressman offense where it's going to work out pretty well for him. All right, they don't have a lot there to, to be quite honest. Steve Smith is getting older, obviously a lot older. Uh, he's still got some left in the tank. Don't get me wrong, but it's first half half of the tank. <laughs> you know, I mean that's it. Yeah, he sure. can't that down the stretch last year was just. You know, night and day between those first eight games and the last eight games. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, he's going to come in. He's going to start. He's going to be in that Torrey Smith role, or at least on, you know, in his position. It basically makes Aiken and, uh, you know, Marlon Brown, 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 Moore, whoever else they had there. Um, All those guys are, you know, going to go by the wayside. They're relevant. Yeah, but he's going to have some fancy belt in this offense, in a Tressman offense. I mean, vertical field stretching with Joe Flacco who might throw one of the best deep balls in the ever. ever. And he can throw <laughs> ever. He, and he can throw the farthest. Yeah. I mean, I think he's got to be able to throw farther than anybody else in the league. Whether he, he, he does have a great long ball, but he, he, if, if he can get some time, just send Just go down. Go 70 yards. I'll make it. I, I can get it to you, Perriman. And he will be going 70 yards. I, I mean, that kid is a deep threat, period. He's fast. And he's got some size to him. It's going to be interesting. There's going to be some fun plays to watch, for sure. He's got the lineage, too. Uh, Perryman, Brett Perryman was his father. Yeah. You know, he was he – was, um, was that the only team Lions. that had three 1,000-yard uh, three wide receivers? Yeah. Perryman, Moore. Uh, Herman Moore, and – was that other guy? I don't know. Oh, right. I my tongue, too. Oh. Like, yeah, it's, wow. Stag party's like, I, I have no idea what that is. I'll remember about. it. I'll remember I, it. I fell, I fell asleep because you guys were talking about old things. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. You got you to gotta, you gotta remember the history. You got to remember where you yeah, come from to get to where you're going, Stags. And you don't want to know where Brashad Perriman's going? Deep. Deep. All day. Four <laughs> two speed. Yeah, maybe Johnny Morton. Might have been Morton. That sounds about right. Yeah. So, I like him. I don't think he scores 10 touchdowns, but I think he does what... You know, Torrey Smith did earlier in his career, which is like 800 yards, eight touchdowns. And yeah. a lot of them are deep. Yeah. <laughs> so, long-distance touchdown lead, meet Rashad Perriman. <laughs> well, the thing is, I think it's going to be very tough to tell until we see OTAs and we see what's going on with the Ravens offense with Tressman now. Because this isn't the, the, the offense that Torrey Smith was playing that was a purely run-based offense that just didn't have a lot of volume for catching catching the ball. This is one that has the potential to have an eighty-plus, you know, you know, volume receiver. Two, two, exactly. And you have Steve Smith there, who's you know, obviously very dependable, but you needed somebody off the other side. And this, if this is the guy, it's he has the potential to have 70, 75 catches. If he's not used solely as a field stretcher, which he won't be. He's going to have to be used in some other way. It's not that type of offense where you're just stretching the field. He's got to have some other sort of qualities, and they're going to use him that way. 
You remember the underround? Yeah. Meet Brashad Perry. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the Mark yes. Trestman patented underrounds the wide receiver. Yeah. He could run that thing three times a game to the slowest wide receiver on the field. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully he uses the fast guy for it. <laughs> yeah, seriously, that's true. But yeah, he's going to be using that. He's gonna get he's gonna get fancy points from a lot of different ways. Um you we'll have to see exactly what's going on in OTAs, but potentially he has some good volume there. Get some you know, good fancy potential. A lot of drops. Hundred targets, probably. Yeah, a lot of drops. Uh, I think he can. I think he can get better with that. But he's, you know, a lot of drops. Um, who knows? The thing I fear with Perriman is that a month ago, let's say two months ago, before he had that lights out fastest time in the in, the, and that was at his pro day. That wasn't even at. Was he at the combine? No, he was injured. Okay, he was injured. I get scared when players out of nowhere put up some incredible. The uh, underwear Olympics type of feet, True. and then Why all of like a sudden, Conley, and all of a sudden, cause I look because he's actually a sick player too, I, and I think he can do it at the next level. And I'm not saying Perriman can't, but I always get a little scared when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a guy basically moves up like four rounds, and it's due to some speed thing or whatever. So he's Perry, raw. He's raw. This guy. Perryman was highly rated, and then got injured at the end of the season. So he was a yeah. early second round pick. Pretty much then, and then he didn't go to the combine because he was injured, and put up those numbers at his pro day. So he skyrocketed up around. So. Yeah. But I'm a fan. I'm also a fan of my guy Lakin Tomlinson, who got drafted by Detroit, went to my high school, Lane Tech. Yeah. So good for him. A little shout out. Uh, but we're talking, you know, fantasy relevant players. So let's get to Philip Dorsett and Indy. Ty Hilton. Last thing about Perriman is that. He had better start working on those hands because Flacco will break your fingers. <laughs> he will, and he does. I mean, Steve yeah. Smith would say it. Torrey was saying it. He breaks your fingers with some of those throws. And if Perriman has trouble with drops and stuff, he's really got to work on it because uh, he's going to get a lot of fingers broken and probably get pulled. <laughs> you know, words, yeah, sorry, dude. If you can't handle Flacco's passes, we can't play you. Yeah. So. Dorsett, mini miniature dude. I think we all know. Ty Hilton 2.0. He's he's yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to think. That was a, that was a head scratcher. There, I don't think there was a more uh, panned pick in the first round by the experts. Yeah, no. I mean, they, they said after the draft, like, listen, or at least after that round that that night, that was the highest on our board. We went with. Just the highest guy on our board. And that's what we said we were going to do. We stuck to it, and we did it. And granted, it's probably the position they needed the least in their entire team. But, I, I, hey, I mean, he, he's a the kid can play. There's no doubt about that. It's just there's not a lot of need for him. And he's not going to do anything fancy-wise for you next year. I mean, opportunities just probably aren't going to be there. No. Target volume, I don't see it. I, I think he's... Fourth on the duck chart during camp, and I doubt that he can get much higher than that. Uh, you know, maybe he pushes past uh, Dante Moncrief, but he plays in the slot some. But I just don't see it. I, I don't see how he's going to get on the field a lot this season as a wide receiver. I see him being used a lot in the return game. Yeah, sure. he's, a spe- he's a special team sure. sure. At, at this point, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, maybe as, you know, another thing they were talking about, letting T.Y. walk and he's the eventual replacement for it. Which, you know, hey, that's a future, you know, it's looking down the line. That's smart. You know that luck's going to be there for, you know, 10, 15 years, whatever. you got to keep replenishing those wide receivers for him and keeping, the, you know, 
I think letting T.Y. walk would be a mistake, but... I think that's so too. Th- that's something further down the line we could discuss. <laughs> yeah, uh, obviously, but yeah, yeah, it, it was a head scratch of a pick. But when you look towards the future and you look for, you know, you look at yeah, the, the special teams help that he'll bring. I guess it's it's okay, but they just had more pressing needs, obviously. Tons more pressing needs. Yeah, like yeah, let, you're gonna tell me right now if you're trying to build a Super Bowl contender, which that, they're a Super Bowl contender, that getting Wayne and Collins isn't gonna help you get there better than this pick. Yeah, I, you getting Malcolm Brown. Absolutely. You remember when Jonas Gray ran for 201 yards on you and four TDs? Yeah, absolutely. The undrafted bum that Jonas Gray is. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you needed, yeah, you needed help on defense a lot more. Um, granted, it's a whole different situation here in Indianapolis and the Bears. The Bears are blowing things up and are going to rebuild everything. Indy just needs a few things there on defense to be a legitimate. Super Bowl, not just contender, but winner. So that's why this pick was so strange. The whole Kevin White for you know for the Bears, understandable. You're you're blowing things up. You're going to do things your way. He is a piece for the future that you're going to be depending on for years to come. That's fine. And it was and it was a position of need. This not a position of need. You just didn't. I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, let's go to the uh, second round. Pick number uh, 36, T.J. Yeldon. I, I could have written this pick in like four weeks ago. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like they're, they're, yeah. take, they're taking the best running back on the board in the second round. And that was the plan going in. Period. Everybody do it. And I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, who is it going to be? Eventually, T.J. Yeldon sort of separated himself. Uh, you know, very productive college player. Uh, you know, national champion, hammer, yeah, hammer. Now we're talking. I might be able to get him as my running back, like twenty, rather than running back twelve, like the Gurleys and the the Melvin Gordons. I like him, running back twenty. If he's my running back two, I'm pretty happy. If I get my as a flex, I'm in love. You know, uh, hammer. He's yeah, gonna so carry the ball early and often, and. Toby Gerhardt? You think about it this way. Going into the fantasy season last year, people were putting Gerhardt at like 23, 24, 25 on, the, on their list mm-hmm. for running backs. This guy is night and day better than a, than a Gurley, uh, than a, uh, than a uh, Gerhardt. No, we, you said Gurley. We understood what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> a Gurley Gerhardt. Yeah. Yes, a Gurley Gerhardt. He, he is night and day better. Than a Gerhardt in this situation, so he's obviously at least twenty three hundred running back depth chart. There, he goes right into my my zone of sixteen to twenty for sure, right away, immediately. They're going to be using him quite a bit in this offense. Granted, they're going to be from behind, they're going to be playing from behind a bunch still, although their defense is underrated a little bit and getting better. Um, and but Bortles has he does have a lot of weapons to use and. They're building this all right. They're building this the right way, and he's just another good weapon for them. That's what I like. Think about what this guy does for the whole sphere. Yeah. Now, they're not power in numbers. One of our big thoughts. You gotta have concept. You gotta you gotta score touchdowns to get fantasy points. But this is a huge step in the right. Last year, we're, no matter how many wide receivers they drafted in the first round, no matter how taking Blit Bortles with the thir- three overall, you just knew that running back situation was so dreadful that fantasy wise, it crushed the whole team. Now with this. And the way that this this guy has the kind of body that can make an immediate impact, it just is a great thing for the overarching the the whole package of the Jacksonville Jaguars scoring, mo- do 
doing better in fantasy this year than last year. I mean, right? Don't don't you? Doesn't this pick just make you almost think, "Wow, it, it helps Robinson. It helps Lee. Obviously, it helps for Bortles." Um, and I think people will stay away from him, and you'll be able to get him later, like you talked about, maybe early twenties, because of the team he's on. So big surprise, I think, high value uh, in what his ADP will, will probably turn out being later on in the fall. I mean, he bulked up. He played last season at you know two hundred and eighteen ish pounds. Uh, he bulked up for the combine at two twenty six and six one. He ran a four five two. So. He is solid. Like basically, what you're looking for in a running back today in the NFL, you know, he's an upright runner. Very, he, he seems to always run with that kind of upright lean in a you know Demarco Murray you know run DMC type mold. That's the only thing that's a little bit concerning. But hey, volume is gonna be there. One first and second down, he's probably the guy. Uh, third down, that's where the big question mark is. He's going to be a touchdown maker. So you got to think he's getting the first, second down work. He's getting the touchdowns. So, yeah, here's another guy who could have 1,000 to 1,200 yards and 8 to 10 touchdowns just because of the things he can do as a player. Now, what's he going to do in the passing game? That's going to be the biggest question uh, pretty much as any rookie running back does. What is he going to do on third down? Uh, what's he going to bring to your team in that kind of way? I mean, he looked to me, I have no idea that answers to that question, but he it looks huge. He looks like a cross between uh, the, the Lacey and Eddie George to me. He's got that. He's got more height than Lacey, but that he is just a thick rock when he's running the ball. And it's crazy, the way with, with little elusiveness, the way he's able to kind of shake some, some, some players that are scared of him. Yeah. So they're kind of coming in low and, and kind of by the side. He's able to make the good enough juke moves where – I even think at the next level, once he gets past that first uh, line of defense, um, he's going to be putting some punishment on those uh, on those DBs and safeties. Yeah, I agree. Fun to watch too. You know, yeah. so if, you, if he's on your fantasy team, you're going to have a good time watching it. Yeah, Just hope yeah. he doesn't cough up a rock. True. He's got some major fumbling issues. Big time. And you know, ten. I think it was ten. Uh, collegiate fumbles on like almost 600 carries or yeah. something. That's just so, far too many. If he doesn't clear that up, you know, he, you got to temper expectations a little bit. True. That, that's the quickest way to find yourself on the bench. Luckily, they don't have much behind them. So, <laughs> I mean, a bunch of girly men. All right, number 37 pick in the second round, the New York Jets. Um, kind of surprised people, but I think we all like the value. Uh, Devin Smith, Ohio State. The uh, Here's the thing. Does anybody know how to throw the ball on that team? Yeah, and the best is the rookie. Yeah, right. <laughs> Patty. Oh yeah, Bryce Patty. Uh, Patty. So I mean, listen, it's it was a good pick yeah. for them. I mean, they need wide receivers. Well, they need one for the future. That's for sure. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's interesting. Interesting. A tough place for him to go uh, with the way that that offense is. Uh, at, at this point, I don't love his fantasy value. No, that's the thing. I like the guy's a player. You know, solid speed, able to track the ball. You guys think Kevin White's one of the best over-the-shoulder f- catchers you've ever seen? This guy's better. Yeah. Uh, he, oh, I've watched it in the Big Ten all the time. <laughs> yeah, he can to- <laughs> toast anybody. Uh, he's he doesn't run as fast as you think with his ability to get open, 
He's a four-four guy, but hey, he did it at the highest level and in the college football playoff. And he's the guy who's probably uh, average against the top corner in the entire yeah. uh, draft, which is Trey Waits. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, he was. Kicking ass and taking names, but you're right. It's not a great place for fantasy uh, for him right yeah, now. Yeah, like if he ends up where Nelson Aguilar is, it's like different story. <laughs> oh my goodness! It's like but, no, it, 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 this is not the right place for him fantasy wise. For the future, for the Jets, I think I think it's a good call. I think that's a good pick for him. But it all yeah. comes down to quarterback play. Let's be serious. Yeah, but that's why they took Penny. We'll see. I mean, it's it, it ain't gonna be Geno. For very much longer here, that's for sure. We'll see. Huh? I mean, Brian Fitzpatrick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> somebody get throw me some fantasy points. Um, I don't know much about this guy. Uh, you know, as much as uh, I've got tons of friends that love Ohio State, I kind of just dread the whole school and everything about <laughs> it. So I kind of just don't. I don't really watch him play. Um, so, but obviously he's done something right to get himself and be drafted in the top end of the second round. Um, you know what? What can let's say something plays out and there is a good quarterback situation. Maybe Petty is all of a sudden becomes awesome. What are the expectations for fantasy football for him immediately? Is it just nothing? I mean, is he even? Is this the kind of guy that basically doesn't maybe doesn't even get drafted? I mean, I wouldn't draft him. I mean, he, if I did draft him, he'd be my, one of my last picks. Yeah, it's just uh, uh, the situation there is just it's it's quarterback play, it's quarterback driven. But uh, well, like you're saying, that could say Petty's like the next coming and show. Let's say rainbows come out my butt. Yeah, you're absolutely right. (laughs) No one, no one will be looking. No one will be looking. No one will know. We'll have to take your word for it. I mean, the thing is, we can't expect something to suddenly just click a switch and suddenly they're good at playing quarterback. Yeah, no, you, you got a point. I mean, but I mean, Marshall's are Brandon Marshall's already there. Eric Decker's already there. He's uh, he's already. I mean, he's already behind in the, that sort of situation. Maybe he's the you know third wide receiver fourth? three there possibly. Yeah. I don't know, but I don't know. You still got Jeremy Curley, who is their slot guy. Or they just re-sign for some decent money too. Yeah. So, I, not, there's I not like a lot it. of prospects. There's nothing. Nothing much for him there. Well, let me give a little pyro promo here before we move on to the next guy and, uh, you know, what we're going to be doing this week. And we really want your help, listeners. We really need you. If you, if you haven't already, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just go into iTunes. Go to podcast. Do a search for Fantasy Football or Fantasy Football Fire or the Pyro Podcast. Find us. Subscribe to us there. Um, and what we really are looking for people to do is, is, is write reviews for us. Give us a favorable review. That helps our stature within the, uh, the whole new newsworthy whatnot of, uh, of the directory for iTunes. And that's a good way for us to be able to grow this podcast. So please, if you haven't done so already, go over there. Give us a review. It literally takes you two minutes. Do it while you're listening to the show. Multitask. Um, and help us out. Give us a pop. Rate each uh, episode. Give us a, a high review on the episodes. We're really trying to help grow this podcast. We love doing it on a weekly basis for you, but we're also trying to get more people to jump on board. Uh, and I promise you, 
Don't tell your guys in your league about it, but still, there's a big world out there, and Pyro's trying to reach those ears. So help us out there. If you haven't done that already, please do so. And if you have, thank you very much. Uh, other things, we're on Stitcher, so you can check us out if you want. are on your mobile apps uh, all the time, on Android or on uh, um, you know your iPhone. You can download the Stitcher app. It's actually a pretty cool podcasting app. Uh, you know, please subscribe to us or follow us um, there. So that's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, you know, we're just trying to get other ways and um, putting our podcast out in different places. And uh, it starts with Stitcher. And we're also on Spreaker. Spreaker is more of a, of a of an Android app, but if you're on Android and you don't like iTunes or uh, you don't like any of the podcasting tools that you've got. Go check that out. It's a pretty good one. Spreaker, weird name, but uh, but check us out there. So, again, help us out. That would be great. We'd appreciate it. Uh, we're going to be trying to get a lot of people to jump on this week and, um, and give us some reviews and whatnot. So that would be helpful. Uh, next guy, let's talk about um, Eddie Goldman. Hey, Eddie, can I get mustard on that? Run it through the garden there. Give me an extra dill pickle. Uh, no, we're going to go to the next guy after that, which is Doriel Green Beckham. Um, Man, I, I, don't, I can't think of a player that has more people unaware or unsure of how this guy is going to pan out. It's just like there's it's feast or famine with him. And um, I don't know. What do, you, what do you guys think situationally, uh, headspace? Is this guy going to be a, the next Josh Gordon and keep fucking it up? Or is he going to be the? Uh, or is he going to be uh, <laughs> the kind of guy that can be a, a dominator, like a, a TO or something? Well, I mean, he's the situation is what concerns me the most. I mean, you know, going to uh, Tennessee over there, Tennessee, Tennessee, Tennessee. there ain't no place I'd rather be. You know, it's, it's like the exact opposite of that for fantasy <laughs> players. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're going to have a rookie probably as your QB. Um, an offensive kind of just black hole. You got Kendall Wright, who's the volume guy on the other side. Delaney Walker demands a ton of targets as well. He's consistently up there with the catches and targets. There's just, I I, I don't know. He's a big dude. I mean, he's he's a big dude. He's got, you know. Everyone says he doesn't play big, though. They say that for such a big body as he he doesn't go to the, to the ball. He kind of plays. Uh, I've seen I've seen him make some bit big catches. So. I've seen big catches, yeah. but I mean, he, he he plays more like a big guy like JJ Stokes than a big guy like Terrell Owens, though. Yeah, that, that, I would agree with that. Uh, there's definitely a huge difference there. But uh, I don't know. Like we were talking about earlier with Tennessee, it's just tough to gain any fantasy traction there at this point. And, I mean. I, I think I'll have him ranked like wide receiver fifty-five or sixty. I I don't really want him on my team. I I I don't want to own anybody on Tennessee. Yeah, I completely agree. Maybe Bishop, Bishop Sankey will come into value. I'd take a late late flyer on him, and if somehow he 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 does okay, but I agree with you. Um, this guy needs to play into his role, play into his NFL career, and that's not going to be how you score fantasy football points. So I I'd, I'd, I'd sit back and watch what he does this year. And see if he can actually play at this level. Yeah, I mean, the thing is that he's not assured of anything either. You know, they, they still want Hunter to succeed there. You know, they it's just, I think it's a great pick. I mean, he's, he's definitely a talent that they need there. But I, I, there's nothing assured at this point. And I definitely can assure you that he's not going to be a game changer for you on your fantasy team. Yeah. That's for sure. Not, not this season. Not this season. What kind of guy leaves uh, his school, Missouri, and goes to the arch rival. 
Well, you got to Smith's. And that doesn't so. even play. That, yeah. That's what I do. No, but still, what, you, there's so that, many teams. That's you go, what I do. You go to the arch rival, you, that's what you would do? Oh, yeah. I just try to shove it right up there. Well, it sounded like he was trying to shove it right up there. The girl's hair he was pulling downstairs and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, brother. Um, all right. Well, yeah. I think I think you'll hear that, that tune from us for the rest of the summer. Stay away from New York Jets from a fantasy perspective. And even more so, no matter how great Mariota is, just a tough team. It's hard to like the Tennessee Titans from a fantasy perspective. Um, all right. Next tower. They added they added the second tower to the uh, to the the Carolina receiving core, and these guys are huge. Yeah. Uh, David uh, Funches or Funches, Devin Funches. Funches. Devin Funches. Um, he is a beast. He's, he's, on, he's basically a tight end. Yeah, and I'll be quite honest. I mean, I did get to see him play some, being a Big Ten guy. You know, going to Michigan State. How much you love Michigan? I I didn't think it was that. Oh, that, to be honest, in college. Granted, that offense there, it wasn't Taylor made that for That quarterback him. was awful. Yeah. It all was, of them. Yeah. <laughs> it, it wasn't made for him uh, to succeed there in Michigan. But I really wasn't all that impressed with him. Hey, I mean, he is in a good situation in Carolina. He's already got Kelvin on one side. you got you know Cam Newton, who's going to be throwing that ball around a little bit. He's got nobody behind him. He'll probably start off being a starter. Uh, the wide receiver two there to, to Calvin Benjamin's uh, wide receiver one situation. Greg Olson does take his targets away, so he's got, he's not going to have to worry about uh, being doubled up. But it's, it's a learning curve, you know. Being in Michigan, there not having much to play with quarterback wise, offense wise, there it, uh, it it may have stunted his development a slight bit. So he's going to be a bit of a project, but he'll probably get the start from day one. So. I don't know. I'm conflicted on his fantasy value at this point. It's it's not that high. Calvin's going to get most of it, and Calvin's going to get the red zone most of it at this point. Um, Greg Olson's still going to have his uh, his targets. Jonathan Stewart's not going to have the competition anymore, so he'll get his carries. It's just it's interesting. I'm, I don't see much for him. Year one, we'll see how he. Progresses. I see a lot more than Devin Smith though. Joe, just, yeah, for sure. Just because of the opportunity. I mean, he's probably going to be. A wide receiver four, at least that's how you're gonna have to draft him because there's nobody else there. I mean, opportunity breeds success. Is that what we're saying for fantasy? True. But what, you what know else? Who, you know who you know who I like this for is the uh, is the Parker kid. Who's the who's the kid from last year that actually had him hit? Uh, Cody Browner. What's what the the young. Uh, Philly. Why you Philly, Philly Brown. Philly Brown. Philly Brown. Sorry, Cody Brown. Um, I think this helps. <laughs> that was a bad segue. Now, now, now you got now you got three towers out there. You got a big player in Olsen. This he's this guy's good. I think this situation helps him pretty much to get some action uh, underneath. Uh, I think I, I like what Brown could be able to do with it, uh, adding this. That's I agree. Awesome. Lumbering the kind of guy who knows what he's going to really be able to bring to the table. I, I mean. 600 yards next season, probably? Yeah. And 50 you know, yards a game? You know, uh, given, his, given his height and everything, too, he could get a little red zone work. I mean, yeah. I know there's other guys there to get the red zone work, but, you know, okay, Cam gets his, his you know, running the ball, and Kelvin has his height, and Greg also will get his. So it, it would be slim pickings for him, but he could go 605 touchdowns. That's possible. That's about it. That's it. That's all we got. Uh, let's move on to 
the next guy who's going to be uh, oh, a running man, back moves down a little bit. Amir Abdullah from Nebraska. Those are the Detroit Lions. Our boy Pyromaniac Mo. Uh, go. See you later, Theo Riddick. Yeah, he, <laughs> Goodbye. His little, his little crush. The, you remember, uh, you remember yeah. when I talked about never giving Theo the ball ever, ever, ever again? Ever. So, yeah, you can give the ball to Amir. Yeah. That's a much better idea. Absolutely. <laughs> and he can catch it probably just as good, if not better. And do more once he catches it. So, we'll go, go back to playing wide receiver, Theo. Thanks to the Marriott's intent. I was never and still not sold on Joy Bell. Yeah. So, I mean, this kid has the potential. And Bell got a little banged up last Bell year. Bell always times. gets banged up. Yeah. But that's the thing. I mean, he, he plays like a bruiser but can't take it very well. So, I mean, what's going to happen there? This kid has potential. Definitely has potential to do some fantasy damages here. I like him as a change of pace back. I like him as a third down back. I, I like yes. him more in PPR. Agreed. Uh, you know, all those type of things. I think he could have, you know, 500 yards receiving this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's going to have some value. He's probably, a, you know, maybe a, a little lower than a flex option right off the bat. Uh, I'd probably rank him right up there um, in terms of being a flex option from day one. I just hope. They kind of let him let him have it, let him get that Reggie Bush sort of role, yeah. uh, and you know. But if they start going with a three back committee with Theo Riddick as the pure third down back, and you know using Amir as a you know pure change of ba- pace back for both of them, then we're going to be in some real trouble. But uh, I like Amir Abdullah. He's he, he's sort of a badass. He's sort of a badass, but can he do? Can he take the rigors of a three down? Can he be the three down back? He's a little bit smaller. He's kind of got that Andre Ellington type size. Yeah, he did it in college, but that's sort of different. Yeah, you're going up against you know 230 pound linebackers, and now you're going to go up against 260 pound linebackers. Or and he's under 210. Yeah, I'm starting to get close to as much as he weighs. <laughs> <laughs> and he's five. I think we're the same height. He's only no. He's five. Yeah, he's, I'm a little taller. He's five nine. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I just wonder about that. If he's going to be able to, um, you know, be a three down back. Right? Again, if, if Bell can stay somewhat healthy, he doesn't need to be. Um, but it is a great situation for him. There's no question on that sure. one. Uh, one of the things also they say about him is that uh, he's uh, a great person. So he's a high, high, uh, high, high character guy. High, high. Uh, you know, big, 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 smart dude. Um, uh, just so that, that that obviously helps just in the work ethic and sticking around the league for a his, long time. His Something short to... area quickness is pretty much unmatched, though. Yeah, the three cone drill was amazing. Uh, you know, the twenty yard shuttle was amazing. He can cut on a dime. Uh, so, if you want a guy who's going to be exciting to watch, is sort of a flex option running back three. You know, Amir Abdullah Jomain. Yeah, absolutely. Forty two inch vert. Yeah. He's got, he's got, he's a sick athlete. Absolutely. Yeah, he's a, he's a sick athlete. And uh, like you said, a pretty good position to be in right there in Detroit, if you ask me. Um, Next pick, 55, Baltimore Ravens. Traded up. Traded up to get, I was wondering, this, I thought I this, thought the Falcons were going to take this guy. And this was a big, big like thing between them and the Steelers. Oh, apparently. Yeah. Uh, they said the Steelers wanted, you know, Max Williams for a reason unbeknownst to me. But, uh, <laughs> I think they got the better pick with uh, Golson, the pick after. Uh, I loved it. Quite uh, possibly. Got to yeah. have a corner, you know. Somebody's got somebody's got to cover somebody for the Steelers. Yeah. I haven't seen anybody who can do it yet. But uh, 
to the more fantasy-relevant player. He's the best tight end in this class all around. He's all around, the, yes. Solid run blocker, you know, solid lineage, solid body type, slow and lumbering. Yeah. I, As a fantasy player, he doesn't turn me on in any way. Nah, but the thing is, what it says a lot about is they really have no confidence in Pitt coming back at all. Nope. <laughs> um, and which means he probably won't be, to, to be honest. I, I don't think that you trade up in the second round. You'll get a tight end knowing that Pedda's coming back. I think they know he's not. Crockett uh, Gilmore, obviously, I don't think was going to be their solution. So they, they wanted it. And, they, you know, it was a position of need. They jumped up ahead of their interdivision rival, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who needed it as well to, to get somebody for the future because Heath Miller is obviously aging. So, I don't know. It's, it says a lot that they did, that they went up to get him. And I think he'll have a slight fancy impact this next year. Because of it, you know, I mean, ever so slight, right? Yeah, rookie I mean, tight ends, rookie tight ends don't do much, do much ever. So ever temper um, your expectations. Don't draft them like Eric Ebron. He's not even near the half the athlete he is. No. So he'll be on the field, which gives you some fantasy value. But just think, is this guy really going to be the end all, be all of the tight end position? And the answer is going to be a no there for me. Uh, He's got the edge, and that works in two ways. He's got that. He's got that cocky edge, bat, you know, real in your face, and that either turns you into Jeremy Shockey or it turns you into some, uh, you know, a, a, a wit. Uh, so it, it could go could go well. I like his demeanor; could either help his career or not. Um, but from everything I hear, that uh, you know, it's obviously a pick picked high. But he's kind of a he's kind of a, a punk. This guy a little bit. But you gotta trust what Newsom does, because Newsom nobody's better than Newsom on draft day. And if he's trading up to do someone, that almost more than anything else, like okay, this guy's got a chance. Agreed. I mean, especially you being a tight end, and you know how Newsom was just one of the better tight ends, best tight ends. Wow, it's a great point. You know, he must have a reason that he wants this guy. So I, I listen. There's there's a lot of tight end talent out there, fantasy wise, that makes this guy uh, just a, a hands off. You know, I, I, I wouldn't go get a rookie tight end ever anyway in fantasy. It's just, you're just not going to get anything out of it unless it is Gronk. And even then, I don't know if anybody would have predicted Gronk to be Gronk that for, that, that uh, initial year of his career. But the, we can pretty much move on. He's just a no-go in fantasy for me, at least this year for sure. Next guy that was taken actually was a tight end as well. Um, that's uh, the kid from Miami, Clive Walford. Uh, sounds like a, uh, a bourgeois uh, guy from the East Coast living on Long Island. But uh, he's actually uh, the third-round draft pick for the Oakland Raiders. Uh, Mikel Riviera has got some uh, some competition there now. Uh, what's going to happen with this guy? Has this guy got an op- opportunity? Yeah. Interesting. Um, Rivera is still the guy there. And I, I just I don't know if it fits. You, listeners, you have to see my face right now because I'm completely puzzled by this pick. Uh, yeah. I don't love the fit. I don't love the opportunity this season. I don't love rookie tight ends. I don't love his combination of size, speed, height, you know, kind of measurables. Uh, you know, he ran slower than Max Williams. Yeah. <laughs> so He's kind of like a Dwayne Allen type, right? Yeah. 
The thing is, he, he's made out to be the next Miami receiving tight end, and I don't think he's going to end up being that. There's been but a lot. I, they've said that about a lot of people, and it's it's hit about it's hit twice, you know. Yeah, yeah I mean that, that they that say is, that all the time. They say that all the time. Who besides Olsen uh, and Shockey, who obviously wasn't all that Graham. Good. And that was yeah, the last one. Yeah, that's good. Every point. tight end from Miami is pretty done pretty well. Yeah, I always forget that Jimmy played there. But uh, yeah, no, it's it just it, it doesn't fit for me. First of all, don't draft rookie tight ends. Period. Okay, when it comes to fantasy, just don't do it. If you drafted Ebron last year, you weren't listening to us. I, I, the guy may be a physical nut, but it, it doesn't matter how good you are physically or how many traits you showed in college. You just don't do it. It doesn't translate to the pros year one. Fantasy-wise, period. Stay away from that. This situation, though, Oakland continues to draft tight ends. You know, it was uh, two years ago, Rivera and Casa. And, you know, I remember Rivera is eventually panned out here. Casa, you know, keeps getting injured. It's just there's no place for him in, in this offense right now. They already have six, seven receivers that they're trying to work in. Rivera broke out last year to the point where he's, he's pretty entrenched at that uh, tight end one position. I mean, I don't know. Maybe this guy is good enough to beat out Rivera eventually. It's just not going to happen soon enough, and you're not going to use him fantasy-wise. Yeah, just stay away fantasy-wise. Uh, another guy you're probably going to stay away from fantasy-wise, Tyler Lockett, Seattle Seahawks. Uh, another small, fast receiver going to the Seahawks. Seems to be their forte these days. It really is, and I haven't seen one totally pan out yet. Yeah. I, I, Lockett was incredibly productive. One of the most productive college players, you know, coming out of this draft. Uh, I, I think he, his dad was a former K-State receiver. K-State and he, has had more lockets than it. I, don't, I mean, yeah. literally, there's been like six or seven wide receiver little lockets on K-State over the last 10, 15 years. And he's the best of them all. Set like every career record receiving-wise for K-State in a run-heavy offense. Let's remember what this offense likes to do. Zone read, quarterback run. Zone read, quarterback run. Zone read, quarterback run. Yeah. And, and that's pretty much the extent of it. And this guy can beat people deep. He's got, you know, elite deep speed. He's also very good in space. So I really like him. I just don't like the fit of the Seahawks. There's just so many mouths to feed from mediocre wide receivers that it seems like he's not going to get an opportunity sort of in the mold of Paul Richardson last year. Yeah, it's exactly what I was going to say. It was, it was the Paul Richardson thing. I, I just don't understand why they don't – they need a, a big guy. Just these you small mean, little guys just don't do it. You, you mean like the guy who was drafted immediately after him? Yeah. Strong? Yeah. For the Texans? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that was – Head and shoulders. A, a much better pick in, in my eyes. Absolutely. Um, I'm just concluding a locket, though. Yeah, you might even get some starts eventually in this offense this yeah. upcoming year. But it's a Seattle offense that doesn't give you a lot of fantasy value when it comes to wide receivers. Plain and simple. Until, it's so spread around. Yeah. It's like who you're picking your poison trying to pick a touchdown that week. And exactly. It's probably going to be Jermaine Curse when a big game's around. But other than that, good luck. And now yeah. you've got to give a target needy tight end in Graham. you got to – he's – no matter, you know, got to get him the ball. So it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt Lockett for sure. He's going to be, he's all return, I think. Uh, seems like that's, you know, what they're, why they're engaging with him. But if he's got the serious talents, I don't think Baldwin's all that. I mean, he could be, if, he's, if he's a great player, he, he could beat out Baldwin. 
uh, Baldwin and Curse as well. I like Curse, but uh, nothing too special there. So Jalen Strong, he was uh, supposed to be a first rounder, and obviously dropped that. Mel Kiper was like crying because nobody agreed with him. Then he was a first round. Yeah. yeah, he hit him as his nineteenth overall prospect, and he just kept falling and falling and falling. Yeah. And I'm like. What, wasn't he? Wasn't he going to have to have a hand or foot surgery a couple everybody weeks said, ago? Everybody said that, that was BS. That uh, he doesn't that need any, up. you know, sort of surgery. The thing is, he reminds me of another Arizona State receiver who came out a few years ago and did nothing, but was incredibly productive. Who was that guy? <sighs> Derek Hagan. Hagan, yeah, yeah. It that was a while ago, though. I guess. Yeah. Ten years, maybe? That guy stayed in the league for ten years. He's still in the league. Probably. He's still in the league. Not doing much. No, not doing much. He's still in the league. He was on the Bears one year, like three or four years ago, wasn't he? Okay. I do really like Strong. He he was probably in my top five wide receiver prospects for this class. Incredibly productive at college. Uh, Battles for the ball. Ran faster than he, he ever showed on tape. But... He also stuck the dagger in UFC with uh, catching that Hail Mary, so I cried a little bit hmm. o- over Mr. Strong. So, the thing is, it, he's got that vert, and he's got that athletic ability, and you want to talk about opportunity. Yeah, perfect. Oh, perfect landing spot. Let's talk yeah. about opportunity. They went in and said, hey, Houston Texans might draft a receiver in the first round. Hey, they might draft one in the second round. Hey, oh, okay, third round we'll draft one, and we'll get a huge, huge value here. Uh, he's just got to pass off a couple of veterans who I'm not enamored with, and Nate Washington, and, you know, Cecil Shorts, one, two, three, and, you know, things along those lines. I think he could do it, and I think he's similar body type to, you know, the number one receiver, so that's the only thing that's a little bit disconcerting. Pretty similar player to DeAndre Hopkins in terms of skill set. He still has to beat out D-Rex's guy, Demaris Johnson, and my guy, Keyshawn Martin. <laughs> How's that working for you? Yeah, that's what <laughs> I like my little Johnson. I know you hate what? That's not, that's not what I meant. <laughs> uh, yeah, but here's the, here's the question. Again, who's the quarterback? Who's getting the ball? Well, I think this is a great pick for the team at a fantasy level this year. Until something happens at the quarterback position, is there really that much uh, that he can be doing? He's, I, he's still a clear tier ahead of you know Devin Smith type. He'll yes. probably be another wide receiver five option for you with a little bit of upside. If somebody can get it together throwing the ball, that's the big question. But if Ramos, <laughs> we all we all know what Brian Hoyer can do. I don't think we know exactly what Mallet can do, but I think we know that his ceiling isn't tremendously high. Nobody really knows exactly what Tom Savage can do. Anything can really happen with that quarterback position, but I wouldn't be betting on it being a good outcome. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be a weak position for them this year. They're still going to be run heavy. They still have and will have, again, one of the easiest rush schedules um, of, of you know in the entire league. So... I, I, I don't see a lot of fancy potential here. It's still gonna it's still gonna be the DeAndre Hopkins show with Andre Johnson gone. Obviously, there's a position of need there, and he'll fill it. But uh, again, I, I just don't see it being a huge upside spot. He's maybe a you know a four or five or something on your fantasy team, but even that's pushing it for me. 
Tevin Coleman goes from Indiana um, could grab that guy, to, the to the Falcons. Uh, what's what's happening in this pick? Is there any upside for him uh, now or later? There's a lot of upside. A lot. It's, yeah. I'm just not a fan of Tevin Coleman personally. So if somebody's a fan of him, they should speak up before I destroy him. Go for it. <laughs> I just think he's an upright runner. Uh, nothing after contact. So unless he's hitting a home run, which he tries to do every play, he's not going to provide much. Uh, he reminds me of Darren McFadden. Uh, pretty much, I've watched him run. I don't. I see the breakaway speed, but when there's a defender in front of him, I don't see him having a ton of moves. I don't see missed tackles. I don't see broken tackles. I don't see all those things. Uh, you want an elite running back, but just because of the opportunity, he might end up on a team. Even though I strongly dislike his running style. He went to his zone blocking scheme. And the word is, Shanahan said, I want Tevin Coleman. Get me Tevin Coleman. And if Shanahan knows how to run a run game. So that is the part I do like. And with his elite elite speed, 4-3 speed for the running back position, and his ability to put his foot in the ground and take off, I like him a little bit. I don't know if he's going to surpass... Javante um, Freeman here. It, it's going to be, I think it's going to be them two in a committee. And, you know, Tevin Coleman, I haven't seen much catching the ball just because that wasn't how Indiana's operate, well, offense operated. The, the yeah, problem, they, it, it's much help. of a home run hitter as he is, he also gets stuffed just as much. Yeah. He, he, he can't break past, if he doesn't get past that line of scrimmage. First, the wave of yeah, defenders, yeah. he's in trouble. Then he's, then he's useless. Tell he's me a running back. That you can think of in the NFL that has that elite, elite speed that is just that speed kind of running back. Perfect comparison with uh, McFadden. It's been a total success in the NFL. There's Jamal Charles, Charles is the only Jamal total Charles. success. I would. I mean, Chris Johnson on a. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's not, not in the NFL anymore. But he's not in the NFL. <laughs> um, Way to get out of that one. <laughs> it, just, it just seems. It just seems like the guys that are that 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 sprinter speed type running back. They just—that's not the way you, you succeed in the NFL. You got to either sure. be able to take a hit, deliver some punishment, or be able to make moves and and, 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 and jukes for yourself, or you're not going to be—you're not going to be doing much. And you're not elite. CJ Spiller, not elite. Fast as hell, not elite. Darren McFadden was fast as hell. Obviously, not by any means elite. Um, yeah, no, you're right. There's. You, if you're super fast, it usually doesn't translate well in the NFL. Very, very seldom does it happen, like a Jamal Charles. Uh, it's it's tough. I don't know. It's going to come down to a, a camp battle between these two, and I don't see either one of them pulling away from each other. Freeman will probably get the first crack at stuff because he's been there, um, and he knows the offense. It'll take some – not so much that he knows the offense, but he knows the NFL at least, and it'll take some uh, – it'll take a little bit for, you know, for Coleman to figure it out. Uh, you're right. I, I can see committee throughout the entire year. Here's the thing. I'll take whichever one's drafted lower. You don't like that. I, whichever one's being drafted higher, I'm going to stay away from, and I'll take the one that's drafted lower, and I'll bet on the other side of the committee. Sure. I mean, just because I'm not sold on either player. Agreed. 
Well, let's go to the third quarterback taken in this draft. Waited a while. This is a guy that many thought could be a second rounder, but uh, ends up going to the New Orleans Saints. Great landing spot. The uh, at, what was that number seventy five pick? Um, obviously, we've been talking on this podcast many, many episodes. How uh, I think there was some buyers not regret. Uh, Last season with them not taking the air apparent to Drew Brees, seeing how his kind of arm started to get a little bit noodlier than it already was, and uh, they didn't have anyone to replace him. So Tell this, me is more about this, <laughs> this is obvious. Hey, we're making up words. It works. Um, yeah, this works out One. very. This works out very well for for his situation. He doesn't have to come. He's got that uh, you know that Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to sit and learn from a from a Hall of Famer, and there's zero pressure on him right now. He can get the game, figure out the speed, figure out offenses in the playbook with zero pressure because Drew Brees is a 16 game per season guy. He was touted as being Drew Brees 2.0 anyway. I mean, obviously a poor man's Drew Brees at this point. Which if we didn't say the name, sorry, I don't even know how we said it. Garrett Grayson. Garrett Grayson. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go on. Um, this was the landing spot. I think you couldn't ask for a better landing spot for him. It takes a while to learn the NFL anyway. I don't think that he was a day one starter anywhere anyway. So to learn from the person that he was compared to the most and to be put in on a team like the Saints, it's just it just works out very well for him. Um, the Saints in this spot said that this was the only quarterback that they wanted in this draft, the only one that they would have taken if he wasn't there at that particular moment, if he was already gone or whatever, they would not have taken another quarterback mm-hmm. in the entire draft. They would have foregone the quarterback position again. So it, it was lucky for the, the Saints that he was there. It was lucky for Grayson that he was there. It's just it's a perfect fit. It's a perfect fit. Of course, no fantasy value this season. No. Here's the thing. The Saints, at this point, made a bet on their future mm-hmm. rather than their present. Because they... Everybody thought the Saints needed a wide receiver. You've got two guys on the board. You've got Chris Conley and you got Sammy Coates, uh, both speed guys who can do speed size guys who can do something on the outside that they don't currently have that would have been good fits for them. And they said, oh, "No, we're gonna go, we're gonna bet on the future. You know, try to have long term thinking." And in the third round, you know, that's a good bet. I'd do it any day of the week, uh, especially trying to extend a window of Drew Brees and use the best of Drew Brees' ability as possibly a mentor to this guy, uh, it's really going to help him down the line. Saints had a, a lot of holes to fill, and there was, a, there was a lot of things they needed to put together to build this team for the future. This was a great piece of it, and it, sh- and it shows that they know what they're doing. They have a plan, the fact that they didn't draft a wide receiver, you know, the fact that they did go with that quarterback for the future and, it was just a good call. It was a good, it was a good pick for them. Um, like we said, though, there's no value this year when it comes to fantasy. Well, let's go to another guy that's got no value that we, we alluded to earlier, and that's Chris Connolly, a guy that uh, I've seen him play. I like what I like what I see out of him. He seems to be like an AJ Greenish type of guy to me. But he got picked by Kansas City Chiefs. He just went to where where wide receivers go to not get any targets, at least not get them downfield targets, which is the way I think his game could, can succeed at the next level. Uh, so, Chris Connolly, uh, sorry, buddy. You didn't go to the right spot, uh, but he is a talent nonetheless. Ah, underwear Olympic champion, uh, great vertical jump, great you know broad jump, speed, all that kind of stuff you look for. 
decent production in college, sort of underrated producer uh, on a team that isn't necessarily known for his passing attack ever since you know Aaron Murray went down. Uh, so let's sort of think. Yeah, I don't like you because you're in Kansas City. Makes sense. <laughs> Sorry we, to tell you. That covers it. She <laughs> really does. I mean, I, I like you guys know how I feel about the Kansas City situation. I have Matt Quinn as like my 40th receiver. Yeah. I mean, you guys can put him in the 20s. That's fine. It's so that means Conley's in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, it's just a bad spot. I don't know. We'll see in the future. Here's another situation that pissed me off in the draft. Cleveland Browns going out and selecting Duke Johnson. Pissed me off. It's like take both my wide or running back twos potentially on this team and shoot them both in the knees because here's Duke Johnson and now we're a three headed committee. It is, and it is going to be a three headed committee. Um, I mean, however, I, I think Crowell wins out. I think his talent is is superior. Uh, not to turn. That's not saying anything against Terrence West either or or Duke um, Johnson, but it's. I think it's still Crowell. It takes away value, obviously. From Johnson, um, and it's too bad because he's definitely talented. You know, it's just uh, it is what it is. That's certain teams. Yeah, you disagree with me on the talent? No, I don't disagree with you on the talent. I I just think they drafted this guy in the third round, a premium sort of pick for a running back. So I think he's going to have a role, and I think it's going to be on third down, which means it eats more into Terrence West than it does Isaiah Crowell, who can't catch anything to begin with. So. It, this three-headed committee just sort of knocks everybody down. It does. It takes everybody down like one notch. So now Crowell's, you know, maybe running back 25 as opposed to 20. And that's a big knock for a guy, in it my is. opinion. It is. It, 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 you know what? We're going to have to see. Um, it's it, A lot of this, obviously, is speculation. And we'll, that we're throwing out these, these are our thoughts on it. But this is one of those situations where I, I really need to see what's going on in, in camp. Because it is going to be a great camp battle. Maybe Corwell, like in my opinion, I've been high on, uh, on Corwell for, for ages now, and I've been talking about for a long time. His talent, I think, just wins out above all of this. Uh, they eventually figured it out with him last year. It took him a few games to figure it out. Um, not even just a few games. I mean, the guy was uh, a seventh-round pick, or was he even just a, was he just a pickup? Corwell. Uh, undrafted free agent. agent. That's right. Um, you know, it, obviously, he's one of those guys where it took a while to figure out just how talented this guy was. Obviously, all off off the field issues uh, knocked him out of the draft a bit, and and all that sort of stuff. But he's he's going to win out talent wise over Johnson and West is my call, and I think that his value is going to stay the same. But that's something you got to end up watching. In the summer, yep. Um, you could speculate later on it all you want at this point, and right now you got three heads, and you don't know what to do. But I'm telling you, I think Crowell wins out. But that's something you got to watch. Okay, it's obvious that the Cincinnati Bengals like drafting tight ends with the name Tyler. Is this spelled trouble for Eifert? Uh, right when we rookie thought, tight ends suck. Right when you thought they were teams coming back, they're going and they're grabbing in the third round a tight end. Uh, in the and land. apparently. The funny story about this is Mohamed Sanu came up and told the GM, hey, you, you should draft another Scarlet Knight. We need, we need more Rutgers in this place. And the fact that Mohamed Sanu still has sway within the Bengals is puzzling to me. So you want to talk about mm, the rookie uh, tight ends suck. And 
You know, he's the second tight end on a tight end sort of friendly team. So, yeah, he, he's not going to do anything fantasy-wise this year. David Johnson, next pick to the Arizona Cardinals. Here's some more fantasy value. Here is the compliment to the Duke Ellington. Here is the one-two pounder uh, that they were looking for. Big, back, you know, 5'11", 226 pounds. Uh, you know, the big plotter type. Not not very fast, but definitely able to get it done in between the tackles on first and second down. So, or 6'1", 224, and 4'5", speed. So he's an interesting size speed freak. Uh, you know, decent... Um, 40-yard dash time, uh, three cone drills, a little pretty good number. Everything you kind of want there. Let's just see. He had a lot of carries in college. Is this, is, they got the thunder and lightning uh, thing with him and Ellington? Yeah, I mean, he's going to have value. He's a big dude. Yeah, um, they're saying that Ellington's going to keep his role. I don't know how much he's going to be able to keep it. I mean, this kid is good. You know, Johnson's definitely a good pick for them. It, it added to their backfield. Um, it, I think it takes away some value, obviously value from, from Ellington. Or in a situation like his, it may even add to it a bit. We saw what he did in a full-down role, and it's, it was granted in the end. It gave you some good points, but in the end, he, uh, he lost value as a top-end guy. I think this actually puts him back into a, a, a better position for him to succeed, which is good. Next pick. On a nice little run here, the Steelers. We talked about him earlier. Sammy Coates, big, big dude. Uh, we look, we saw him at the combine and his game tape at Auburn. I mean, he's he he's, he's he looks big in that uniform. Um, so uh, it hurts, obviously. Uh, your boy Martavis. Uh, can he do anything? Is he now uh, going to be able to move into that position above Wheaton, or is he basically just uh, not? Don't expect much from Sammy Coates. On the Steelers. Well, we all know that. I mean, Pittsburgh has the ability to, to you know, make multiple receivers fantasy relevant, and uh, they have a very tough rush schedule again, and as, as usual. Uh, so, I mean, and, and Roethlisberger is hitting a sweet spot within himself. That team is hitting a very sweet spot when it comes to passing the ball. He could have some value. Um, he, does it take away a little bit from Bryant? Sure, but not that much. Yeah, I don't think so. Not at this point. Because Coates is another super raw athlete. Yes. Super raw wide receiver who is prone to touchdowns, long ones like a Martavis type, and prone to drops like a Martavis type. So he's the boomer bust type prospect. Unfortunately, he's going to a team that already has one. Uh, so he's probably unlikely to see the field all that much to begin with. But, hey, there's definitely a chance for him to surpass Marcus Wheaton. Yeah. I mean, what could happen here is it could end up being Martavis and Coates on the outside with Antonio Brown on the slot. And if that happens, wow. wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow is right. Uh, that's explosion city right there. And, I mean, with Le'Veon in the backfield. Scary um, to think of. I don't, I, I don't even want to play against them the in Yeah. I don't, I don't want to play against them in men. Like. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about some other guys, and we'll, we'll breeze through some of these guys in the, in the, that remain in the third round, and then maybe what we'll do is just kind of talk over what are some, some opportunities that stick out uh, that are good uh, with some of the other positions across the league. Uh, 
Fourth quarterback that went, this one was kind of a, a surprising one, I think, is uh, when the Rams took uh, the Oregon State quarterback, uh, Sean Mannion. Uh, and, you know, a, a lot of people had thought that uh, Petty and, uh, and and the kid from UCLA were going to get picked before him. Um, but he made it in the third round, man. That's, that, that shows once you're out of the third round, essentially, you're, unless you're Brady and a couple other instances, uh, you're you're kind of going to live the life of a of a career backup. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you do, you do find some some late gems here and there, but yeah, yeah I mean, it's more few and far between than the first rounders or or, or whatnot. Uh, and it, no, it's it's a good landing spot for him. That's for sure. I mean, the, the Rams don't have the quarterback of the future on their roster, so I mean, he's got the potential to to, to do that. The fact that they thought so highly of him to draft him, uh, draft him above some of these other guys, such as such as Petty or Humley or, or whatnot, is says quite a bit. So I don't know, we'll see. It's it's uh, it's a project pick, you know. We'll see what happens in the future for him. But that's I don't know. That's what the way it's looking. He'll be, you know, toting the clipboards, you know, checking things out for at least a year or two. We'll see what happens. So. Yeah. Well, think about it this way: other quarterbacks that went in the third round uh, in, in past drafts. Mr. Joe Montana, arguably uh, one of the best top the five, all time. yeah, top five considered probably top one or two of all time. Uh, Dan Fouts, third rounder, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, you know, get, get going back super old, Fran Tarkenton. Uh, so there's good company at the uh, at the quarterback position when you're thinking about third rounders. So it could work. It good. could work out. Um, all right, well, let's talk about. Um, is there any, I mean, really, in that round, Matt Jones went to the Redskins. They're saying it won't affect uh, Alfred Morris. What are, I don't really know his game um, from Florida. Uh, what, what, what's he's, his, he's a pass catcher. Yeah, he's, he's a big Roy pass Hale, catcher. Yeah, they got him for the Roy Halu role that, uh, you know, was gone after uh, he left. That, that's what his role is going to be. It's not going to eat into Alfred Morris at all. Morris is still going to be the bell cow, and he's going to be just fine and a, a stud fantasy-wise, if you ask me, uh, this year. Jones has some. I'm high. Enough. Jones has some oh, highs, yeah. uh, some size. So, and he can catch the ball. So let's hope he doesn't have so, too many highs. We want to keep him in the league. Uh, everybody, what was that thing we were listening to the other day? Uh, like somebody was like, oh, 50 percent of the players in the league uh, are, are smoking pot," and I'm like, "Yeah, keep going. Yeah. A little higher. Yeah. <laughs> A little higher. 80 percent." Doug, I'd like to get your thoughts on Jeff Howerman going to. You know the Broncos murkying up that tight end situation even more. You know messing with my boy Virgil Green, messing with your boy Owen Daniels. Why do you do? Well, there's a lot of picks like that this year. It's like here, just murky up the situation, guys. We're not going to take a need or anything. Just we'll just murky up a situation we're already pretty good at. It's I mean it's it's got potential, of course. The tight end position for the Broncos is. Something you want on your fantasy team, uh, just the potential of it. Again, this is a camp thing. I mean, Owen Daniels will probably hold it as long as he's healthy, simply because of his veteran leadership, uh, his understanding of the offense and whatnot. Uh, probably the rapport that he's got with going on with Peyton Manning, but there's not, I don't know. Again, rookie tight end, probably not going to do a whole, a whole hell of a lot regardless. Just piss me off. Yeah. <laughs> the one that I like to talk about real quick is the Ty Montgomery. Situation, uh, him going to the Packers, um, the risk get richer situation there. I, I think that uh, they're calling him like a poor man's at this Randall point, Cobb? Randall Cobb or whatever. Which sounded insane. 
Yeah, sounds <laughs> a little insane, but uh, hey, he'll learn a lot. That's for sure, and he has potential in the future to do something. That, that's for sure. But I mean, it's—I mean, they have so many receivers there right now that'll. I don't know. He's, he's not going to do much this year, fancy-wise, but he's got some future. Well, you love the fourth guy, so if he can become the fourth guy, then he yeah. can do something. If an injury happens, then all of a sudden you're right there. And, uh, yeah, you know, another situation with the Packers is they got the, uh, they got the kid from UCLA, Brett Hundley. Uh, so that's an awesome opportunity right. for him, where right. now they've got the, uh, the potential uh, uh, next of kin between, uh, uh, for Aaron Rodgers and you know, he fell, went to the fifth round, uh, which obviously isn't great for his pocketbook. Um, at certain points, they thought if he had gone out last year, he would have been a high first-round pick, potentially. Yeah. So, uh, the rich get do get richer sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, there was a lot. I was at the draft day, too, and uh, it was really, really awesome. What a, what, an op- what, a, what a show they put on, and there was a ton of Packers fans. There was one, there was the one guy you always see. The, yeah. the, the quintessential that wears the thing, he's like, I'm an NFL owner. He's wearing a Bart Starr uniform, yeah. the whole thing. This old man, he's probably like 75 years old. But when they were announcing anything that happened, Donald Driver was the one who read off their picks. And the place erupted. So many boos. People were like, Packers suck. Packers suck. <laughs> it was friggin' awesome. So there was a lot of Packers hate going on in Chicago. But I'll tell you this about the draft. They are going to be doing it here next year. The way they were able to pull that thing off, it was basically Lollapalooza of the draft. They can't do that in New York. Radio City Music Hall might be an awesome, huge place, quintessential, iconic, but there's no place that they can do all this outside stuff. And the way they were able to overtake Grant Park with this draft and this, it will be in Chicago for years to come. I don't know how long, but they will be coming back. C3 ran the whole thing. They're the people that run Lollapalooza. Yeah. They've got they've got something going on with Chicago and that whole the way they can shut down Grant Park. Man, that was really awesome to see, man. Uh, last thing I'll say about being at the draft is I did get a picture with uh, Icky Woods, Icky who Woods. did the Icky Shuffle on the stage. Which is hilarious. It was hilarious, dude. <laughs> the place when he got up there, everyone's like, get some cold cuts! Get some cold cuts! <laughs> oh, my God. I saw him at the end party. I'm like, Icky, man. I'm so happy about your, uh, you know, the renaissance of your career, man. He's like, thanks a lot. I'm like, I need a picture with you. He's like, all right, all right. Friggin' <laughs> hilarious. Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, that's, uh, let me do one little Pyro promo, and this is going to be for Pyromaniac Mo. He's been doing uh, all sorts of videos uh, on our website, which have been great, um, interviewing other people within the industry uh, and finding out and talking about fantasy football and getting different perspectives from other experts and like not even like-minded, other people within the fantasy football world, uh, beat writers and, and people that have their own sites, people that work for other sites. And uh, he just uh, uploaded another video on Friday, uh, which was with uh, this uh, company that actually does sports injury. Um, they do they come up with some sort of an, uh, formula to come up with and find, uh, find out or uh, be able to figure out whether players are going to get injured. Uh, really interesting uh, stuff. So Mo's doing a great job with those videos. They're always up on our site. You can check them out also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash pyromaniac. So keep it up, Mo. Those are great. You're, uh, you're, you're making the world smaller for the fantasy industry for us, and we appreciate it. Um, so that's about it, guys. I think that covers a ton of players. Uh, if, if we didn't cover anybody else, uh, what you can do is you can buy our draft kit. 
which is available. Version 2 will come out on the 15th. Right now we're at version 1. I tell you right now, there's no one else that's got a draft kit like this. There's no one else that's got a draft kit that's so awesome this early. But in our in one of the tabs is a, is a whole section on rookies. Now that the draft is done, that'll make it into version 2. So any guy that we didn't cover there, there's a, a lot of, it's not really a write-up, but it shows measurables and, and uh, Dogmatica and, uh, and, and Stag Party. Uh, put a, a coloring system to players that they believe have a chance to be fantasy relevant this year, other guys that don't. So you can really, if you're drafting rookies or doing dynasty or in a must-play a rookie-type league, we can give, we give you a good sense of guys that can actually get some fantasy points for you this year. So go out and buy that draft kit. You get every copy of the draft kit. If you buy it now, we're going to have a, a different version every month leading up to uh, all the way through September, and uh, you'll get all those versions for free. So you guys got anything else you want to drop on our uh, audience with the NFL draft? I mean, there's some there's some late gems in there, some fourth and fifth rounders, which are which are interesting. Petty going to the Jets, Langford going to you know the Bears. There's I mean, there's some good Ajayi ones. Jai to the Dolphins. Jai to the Dolphins. Yeah, that's that, that was a big one. There's some good ones. There's some good gems. Uh, we'll mention them in, in, in podcasts. We'll we'll get into all of it. Uh, but we gave you a good bulk here, and I, th- I hope you're happy with it. It's uh, that was quite a draft and uh, the experience of it all here in Chicago. Bonus I'm match. Match. I'm, you know, I'm glad to hear that it was pulled off so well, well enough that it's going to be here it's, uh, more in the future. That's, it's got to. I mean, it's just it's it's like the, the ability to bring fans, and obviously we know how hardcore the fan base is. Uh, and the, I think the most important thing is it's in the middle of the country. Yeah. So you get the West Coast fans, you get the East Coast fans. We're right in the middle of Chicago. And also I'd say that Chicago with the NF, uh, NFC North, there's more teams really close to Chicago in the Lions and the Packers and the uh, Vikings than any other uh, city, big city, that you can really have this thing in. I think. It seems like it. Well, I mean, there's also, I mean, you got the Colts right nearby, Colts too. Colts are right you, nearby. You know, city. Cincinnati and Cincinnati and Cleveland aren't all that far. Yeah. It's right there in the middle where a lot of different teams, a lot of different fans can get to it, not have to pay a trillion dollars for a New York hotel. Uh, hotel. Yeah. <laughs> not that Chicago's cheap. Yeah, but it's cheaper than New York. That's for sure. <laughs> no question about it. Well, guys, great podcast, good stuff. Thanks for uh, fans for listening to us and being being with us on this journey. Uh, we love doing this for you, and hopefully, we're going to bring you the crown this year. So stick with us, and we'll get you there. Out, Pyros. Peace.